all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this is not so much a special episode today, but we're, we're going to be focusing mainly on one topic. And that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. The Snyder Cut is finally unleashed upon the world. You can see it now for $14.99 if you subscribe to HBO Max, which I believe is one of the most top-notch streaming services that are out there, especially for the content that I love. Um, so check that out. It's definitely worth it. Um, got to see it on Thursday, which I had no idea it dropped on the 18th. All right, I was assuming this was going to be a Friday release, just like the new movies. That's just what I'm accustomed to. I'm a movie theater guy, so that's just you know how life is for me. So getting to see this on a Thursday uh, was awesome, and got to see it again on the weekend. Just you know preparing for this podcast. And along on this journey with me is going to be Tyler Bishop, who I'm going to be bringing on in just a few seconds. This will be his third time on the show, I believe. The last time we were uh, on a pod together, we were discussing all of the events that took place at DC's Fandom, which was a virtual like Comic-Con type event where they were showcasing everything that was upcoming for, for Warner Brothers and DC properties. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I always appreciate Tyler's insight into this stuff, not just because... You know, he knows all about it, but, you know, his takes are, are pretty interesting, and I always enjoy them, and we can have these honest conversations. I don't loop him into the uh, fanboy, the toxic fans that are out there, which I like to probe at uh, with no hesitation. I will always go to war with those people, and I will continue that war. So bring it on, geeks. Um, so he'll be coming on in just a second. You'll be getting our thoughts uh, on how we got here, the actual movie itself, and where we could possibly go uh, in the near future, where we think this is headed. Um, we don't know. We don't have a crystal ball, but it's nice to have those conversations. So after this brief break, if you haven't seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, you're going to want to hit pause, go watch the movie, come back and hit play and listen to our conversation. Other than that, enjoy the ride. This is me and Tyler's uh, journey of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Enjoy the show. So begins the end. For dark time. I've never seen a being as strong. Maybe one. He's back. I spent a lot of time trying to divide us. I made a promise to him on his grave. I need to bring us together. There are enemies coming from far away. They serve an old power. This world is divided. No protectors here. No lanterns. No Kryptonium. It will fall in his name. I have turned the worlds to dust. All of existence shall be mine. I have a second chance. I am not going to waste it. He said the age of heroes would never come again. Fighting the devil in his army. You know, 
I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us united. It's time to stand. Fight. The time is now. All right, folks, we're back, and I've got Tyler Bishop in the house, who uh, last time we were here, uh, you can actually check out this episode. It was called Fandoms, where we covered everything uh, that was going to be happening in, in the DC world, and this was back, what, like in... August of last year. August. Welcome yeah. back, buddy. Thank you. How have you been? Great. Awesome. Uh, since we've talked, uh, two things have happened. We've gotten uh, Wonder Woman 1984, which, uh, what were your thoughts on that? How, I liked overall? it. Me too. It was, it, was, yeah. it was. I mean, it was enjoyable. Yes, there's nitpicking as there always is with right. movies, but for the most part, it was fine. I enjoyed it. It was good. I mean, it felt like one of those movies you would see in the '80s. I mean, granted, I wasn't born in the '80s, but definitely from what I've seen of '80s movies, it, it was kinda, very throwback. Yeah, I felt like it would have fit right in. Of course, yeah. with better effects, but everybody uh, was so down on that movie, and I didn't understand why. But it, like, but of course, like, I mean, and we're gonna be throwing a lot of jabs here at the mcu but you know we can't help ourselves but yeah but if it were uh, if that were a marvel project everyone would have elevated Absolutely. it about 100 times more right um and then of course we're now here in uh, march of 2021 and the snyder cut has been unleashed to us and the last time we discussed this uh and there's going to be a lot of buildup we'll, we'll get into it folks this is all about the snyder cut or Zack snyder's justice league that's what it's officially called we're, we're going to build up to it a little bit so and the last time me and Tyler talked, I was kind of like iffy on this version. You know, I, I was happy that Zack Snyder was going to be able to make it. And if this was just his way to, you know, put an end to this chapter of his life, because I know he dealt with a lot of personal struggles, and we'll kind of get into that as we recap to how we got here. But, you know, I was just whatever on it. And real quickly, without spoiling anything, I freaking loved the hell out of this thing. He completely swayed me. And uh, I'm happy to admit that I was wrong. And, you know, it's okay to have your opinions changed. It's, Absolutely. It's good from time to time. Oh, so. yeah. How, how are you feeling uh, post-watching uh, that from the last time we talked? <laughs> you know, I'm split down the middle. I want more. But if, like you said, this is his, his end, this is his way of putting that chapter of his life to bed, then I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, he got three phenomenal movies. You know, from starting, and he he made a story like he started with Man of Steel, and he ended with this one. You know, it's not necessarily a pretty bow on everything, mm-hmm. but it's 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 a successful arc. So, would you consider it a miracle that this happened? You know, it, I feel like it's yeah, I would say a miracle, but I also feel that it's it's something that was on the minds of a lot of people, mm-hmm. and a lot of people at you know Warner Brothers and everything, and. Just a lot of things align the right way in order to get this going. Because real quickly, if there was no HBO Max, does this even happen? Like, is it even possible? Because the movie is, you know, at four hours, four hours, two minutes, if you want to be more accurate. Right. Does this get a theatrical, you know, release? Like, is it even possible for that long of a cut of movie? I mean, we've seen it before, but, you know, this is a really big blockbuster with big iconic characters. Would Warner Brothers have let this version get released into a theater? 
You know, you know the movie industry a little bit better than I do, uh, given our, our, our work areas. But I think COVID had a lot to do with a non-theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Let's say if we didn't have this, where we were actually getting blockbuster films, I could see them trying to get a, a screen set aside for one of these movies. You know, at this point now, they're just trying to get people in the door to get this film industry back up on its on its feet. Mm. But before, I think that they would have the wiggle room to say, "Yeah, we'll throw a four hour epic, a movie in that in that one you know theater there." And yeah, you know, because they brought Lord of the Rings back in the extended editions back into theaters, right? So I don't see why not. I just think that the way of the world definitely played a lot of factor into putting it on the streaming service versus actually getting theatrical. I like that answer. Uh, we'll circle back to that question as we move along. Um, I do want to. I want us to recap for the audience just exactly how we got to this point, and this is going to take us back a couple of years. So let's go back to 2012. Right. The Dark Knight wraps up with Christopher Nolan. Uh, you know that that was always going to be a three story yeah. or three movie type deal, and Nolan was going to finish it up, and that's it. The Avengers also came out that same year. Yeah, so Marvel's already got its ball rolling with its characters and build up of movies. And Warner Brothers and DC are like, well, what are we going to do to counter that? Um, so Man of Steel comes out the year later, 2013. Story by Nolan. He's producing it. Yeah. He's kind of like handing the reins over to Zack Snyder. It's like, okay, well, cool. Are we going to get some type of core, like connection here with Nolan? Maybe they'll, they'll bring in the Batman back. Uh, who knows? So Man of Steel comes out. A lot of little Easter eggs thrown in there with yeah. Batman. And I don't know. I, there was a Wayne satellite. Yeah, yeah, correct. And go ahead and jump in on any of this and interrupt me whenever whenever you want to, Tyler. Um, so Man of Steel comes out. There's those little Easter eggs. The movie is... It, it was a box office success, but it wasn't the huge splash. Like, I don't know, like a Dark Knight. I don't know if they were expecting those type of numbers just because Superman is just as iconic as Batman and we're getting a little bit more of a, I guess, Nolan-style serious version of Superman. So what were your thoughts on the overall, like, presentation of Man of Steel and the reception and all that? You know, I'll just for, I guess, argument's sake or covering, I'm not a Superman fan. Okay. I don't really like the character. Uh, I argue with my wife all the time because she's a very big, like, Wonder Woman Superman uh, shipper. But I just think he's unnecessary. I mean, he's all-powerful, and his biggest weakness is a rock, and that's essentially what every villain uses. They're like, oh, you know, whatever. But And then, of course, they just create new powers for this guy every time he has a challenge versus someone like, you know, Batman, who has the potential and has plenty of times in the comics lost it all. Or any other character like Green Lantern. But anyway... I liked Man of Steel because it was something different. It wasn't, you know, super full of color like, uh, you know, the Christopher Reeves one. It wasn't, I mean, it had a, I like Zod. I like the villain, man. I like Michael Shannon as Zod. I think I like the villains and, you know, I'll I'll talk about a lot of things I like. I like background characters. I like secondary characters Mm -hmm. more so than the main characters. I feel Henry Cavill was a great addition. You know, he was kind of like an un- un- unknown. I know he was sure. in he was in the yeah. Tudors and whatnot. So he was a very like I guess period piece actor versus an actual like epic. But they really humanized Superman for me. You know, I went into it thinking, oh God, it's just going to be bullets flying off the dude, and it's going to be a whatever two walls hitting each other until one finally crumbles. But it was right. you know you could relate to when he was a child and getting bullied or 
having, you know, what's happening to my body kind of thing. But, of course, on a galactic level. Yeah. So, and Kevin Costner was a phenomenal oh. Pa Kent. Absolutely. Um, what this movie did get right was the supporting cast around it. Like, a lot yes. of heavy hitters. Russell Crowe, yeah. Amy Adams, Diane Lane. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Is, if DC's going to go this route and get, like, the heavy hitter actors, which Marvel at the time still wasn't kind of doing that, you know, you can say, you know... Chris, the only really major star at that point was Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Everybody Jr. Everybody was still yeah. trying to prove themselves. Well, it's Sam Jackson, I guess, but he yeah. was in a very supportive role. But he's role. always been like a supporting yeah. character. But then it wasn't until Winter Soldier, you're like, oh, Robert Redford, oh shit, okay, yeah. cool, that's yeah, a yeah. heavy hitter. Um, but DC kind of struck it first, and they did it with the Nolan movies too. Like all the actors in those movies are like just and, real actors. And on that note, I feel that DC is always one out in casting for me. I mean, Marvel's done great casting unknowns that have mm. been molded and built up to these characters. But DC has always, I mean, look at just the list of Oscar-winning actors in Justice League alone. Yeah. And, you know, they got J.K. Simmons, they got Amy Adams, you know, all of the, like, Jeremy Irons, like, all of this, just these, like you said, heavy hitters. Morgan these Freeman. Folks, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. But all of these actors that have just, like, mastered what they've done and have been around the block and in you know, so many different genres. Like, I mean, you, like you look at Amy Adams, and sometimes you remember what was it Cinderella that she was in, or yeah. Ever Ella Enchanted? Yeah, some, yes, yeah, it was of one of those kitty movies, but that's you know not the same woman. So definitely having like you know Superman raised by two Robin Hoods yeah. was amazing. And it's kind of like if DC hadn't wet the bed with all this other stuff, and we'll talk about it uh, as we move down the road. And Marvel's kind of like just like eh, it's kind of de- default like that's where these actors now go. Right. But if you th- think about it, if they were like on an even keel, I think a lot of actors it looked like they'd be shifting more towards DC property. At least that's how I see it. Like, Absolutely. But now, I mean, obviously Marvel gets the, you know the Michael Douglases, the Annette Bennings, and you know just yeah. you know, Jude Law. You know, you throw in actors like that, but that's just because now that's all they can do. But I do like the. The different characters, like your J.K. Simmons, for example, who's been in both worlds. Yeah. He played Jake, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, which is such an iconic character, and he mm-hmm. played it to a T. And then, yeah, he got a little bit more screen time in you know, and then the Snyder Cut is Gordon, and it just made me want more. Like, I want to yeah. see J.K. Simmons because I know he can do serious roles. I want to see him as the you know worn down Gordon who's had to deal with Gotham's criminals for so long. Yeah, you're, you're anytime he pops up on screen, like you immediately like your eyes go to him. He just there's just something about him. He, I, I, I want it. Yeah, you're right. I want to see him more as Gordon and his take on it because you know he can do something with it. All right, so back to Man of Steel. You know, yep. the reception's kind of mixed between the audience and critics. You know, some of it, oh, it's too dark or that's not my Superman. My Superman doesn't do this. But I, I, I've never had a problem with, you know, that's my this or whatever, and with the exception of Batman, which we'll heavily get into. <laughs> You know, artists and directors, you know, I love for them to put their own stamp on it, their own interpretations, their own vision, you know. Um, so with that in mind, the box office was okay for it. And this is where I start to kind of feel bad for Cavill because I feel like he should have gotten a proper sequel. So all these Easter eggs are planted, Batman, whatever, but right. it's like, oh, shit, they're going to start the universe, uh, their own their own version of it. Cool. I'm all on board with that. And then I believe, I forgot what Comic-Con it was. I don't know if it was 2014 or 2015. And I remember being at work and they announced like, oh shit, like, it's kind of like a sequel, but not really. Uh, so they announced Batman v Superman, Dawn yeah. of Justice. I'm like, okay, they're going to shoehorn Batman right into this. Yeah. You know, Batman's the moneymaker. Right. Why not flow with that? Cool. And right away in my head, like, oh shit, well, is Christian Bale going to come back? Yeah. And there was rumors of that. I don't know 
if you heard any of that or if yeah there was, was rumors true. and whatnot yeah that uh, they were talking about I think it. they were offering him like i remember reading something like they were gonna offer him bail like i don't know how much money to yeah. come back and i was like cool if they do that i, I guess i know they wrapped it up per- perfectly but you know i'm all about batman cool give me more of that I- i'm good with it then we come to find out ben affleck gets casted yeah i think it was like 2015 when they yeah. announced that yeah and holy shit, I lost my mind because not only is Batman my favorite comic book character, just just character growing up in general, but now you got like my favorite actor right. playing the role. So right. that was just like a, a two for one for me. So I was giddy as shit. So I'm like, give me Ben Affleck. And uh, there, just as always with casting, there's all, people that are going to say crap. So right away, people are like, no, he sucked his daredevil. Yeah. And ben oh, Affleck that sucks. was the biggest thing. Was oh, he was a terrible daredevil. It's like, I mean. He's a terrible daredevil, but he's a phenomenal actor. I mean, he's an Oscar-winning writer. He's an Oscar-winning what director for Argo. I mean, he's yes. he's got the backing of a you know of actually looking at source material and creating this character. I mean, look at you know Gone Girl, the, the movies that came out before this, the the Accountant. Yes, you know movies like that were just so he gets casted. I'm giddy as shit. Uh... Audiences are like, eh, we're not sure about it. My whole campaign was like, just wait and see. This guy, Absolutely. This guy's going to pull it off, and y'all are going to eat your words. Same thing with, like, Heath Ledger. Same thing when everybody gets cast. Yeah, I mean. One. Just, just wait to see what the, what the actor yeah, is going to do to it. There was what? There was hate for Michael Keaton, too, wasn't it? Yeah. You're like, oh, Mr. He's Mom can't be. Actor. Yeah, Mr. Mom can't be Batman. Yeah. So. Um, same thing that just happened recently, and I know it's kind of like not. Joaquin Phoenix is yeah. Joker. Cool. Heavy hit, hitter actor, wait to see what he's going to do with it. Yeah. Um, so my whole campaign is I was excited for that. And this is where I feel bad for Cavill because I'm sure, and I made a lot of jokes about this on social media at the time where Cavill's coming in like, yeah, Man of Steel was awesome. What yeah. are you going to do next, Zach? And he's like, ah, we're going we're gonna to kind of bring in Batman. It's going to kind of be like a co, co-movie. It's not really yours just anymore. So they bring in uh, the uh, Batman. They cast Gal Gadot. They're going to bring in Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I thought that was a great casting, too. I was like, oh, shit, she was great in the Fast and Furious. Yeah, I mean, that's all her credit was, was, like, the two Fast and Furiouses, I think, by that time. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, she's got the look for him. I know there was, I mean, we don't have to get into, like, everyone complaining about, like, you know, she's not built enough or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, okay, cool. Like, I like this. Um, So the buildup for it, I was getting super intense, you know, trailers I remember the teaser trailer for Batman v Superman premiering at the Palladium and people coming, yeah, just just to watch know, the trailer, wrapping around the line yeah. around the building just to watch a trailer, and just the first glimpses of it, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be fucking awesome, Batman in the freaking in the armored suit. Like I've never seen this Batman before on my screen. Yeah, uh, even teases of him in the in the nightmare with the with trench coat and all right. that. I was like, oh shit, yeah, this is different. I like this. Um, I was working at uh, one of our theaters in the South during that time, and Star Wars uh, Force Awakens had come out, and that one did okay, like mm-hmm. as far as for that audience. But when Batman v Superman came out, holy shit! Like, right? I mean, I could have told you, it felt the same like Dark Knight, like just mounds of people coming to see that movie. Um, I think I watched it like five times that weekend. Mm-hmm. I was a little underwhelmed at the time when I saw it. I was kind of just like, I saw it and like. I loved Affleck, of course. Affleck yeah. did a fucking hell of a job. And I guess I, I, I leaned more towards that. I started telling him, I was like, I fucking told you all. Yeah. I told you all Affleck right. was going to pull it off, and he did. And I kind of forgot about the movie, and I was just like, eh, okay, whatever. You focused on the character more so than the overall. Yeah. Right. So then uh, they announced that, the I think even before the movie came out, 
that there was going to be a, a an alternate, not an alternate cut, but a more extended cut. Yeah. And it was going to be three hours because I think the original clocks in at two and a half or something like that. Yeah, and it was even that is it was it was rated R. Yeah, you know it wasn't much that made it rated R, but it was just a little bit that they cut out was what they had to do to get a PG thirteen rating. So, right. so I heard that a little bit before the movie came out. That may have been kind of like my just kind of like whatever with the theatrical version. So I saw it once and just forgot about it. Then when that version came out on, I think it was only like on DVD and yeah. Blu-ray. I bought it. I bought it digitally. I didn't buy the physical copy because I wanted to see it. And I was like, okay, cool. This explains a lot more. I enjoyed this version just a little bit more. There's still stuff that I'm kind of iffy on, but overall it was a better experience. That's what I've always told people about that Ultimate Cut, you know, because so many, I know we've mentioned it before, but people always like shit on the the, the theatrical. And it's like, dude, just watch watch the Ultimate Edition. It flows better. Mm -hmm. It actually has, tells a story. It's not like super choppy, and it's like, well, how did they get there? How did this happen? Like, where did this come from? It's just the. I just want to say it gives you all the answers, but it's just a complete, cohesive, like flowing movie. Is the ultimate edition? Yeah. So that comes out. I'm like, okay, awesome. Uh, I'm cool with Snyder continuing this version, even though I'm still a little iffy on him, and I'm still, I'm still, I still have the same opinion of him. Where I'm like, uh, his movies are all right. It's a little bit more. Flash and substance, and we'll get to Snyder Cut, obviously, where he finally gives us a little bit more substance, which freaking you know, I enjoyed the shit out of. So that movie comes out as a huge financial success, but critically, it's kind of like, eh, whatever. Even audiences are kind of like, eh, it's too dark, whatever. But And I, I never understand. When I say stuff's dark or I enjoy the darkness of it, I mean more like they take it serious. Right. You know, it's not everybody quipping and making a joke, which... You know, suffice to say, we talked about this off air. Marvel, the MCU, has kind of conditioned the audience to react that way, where they want these characters to be meta and self-referential, yeah. and, and sometimes not even take the material seriously. Right. And I don't know. That just I hate that the MCU's kind of done that. And it, that's what that's what I guess you know not to dwell on that. I know this is a Snyder cut episode, but my, one of my biggest issues with the MCU is that Captain America's identity. You know, there's all Captain America never reveals who he is. He doesn't believe that. So I mean, that's what happens with the Civil War is the mm -hmm. Superhero Registration Act, and he doesn't want to give up his secret identity. Yet everybody and their mom knows that Steve Rogers is Captain America in the MCU. Yeah. He's got a whole goddamn Smithsonian. It's like, come on, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, okay, so Batman v Superman's out of the way. I think Suicide Squad's right a little bit right next. That. Yeah, and we get. You know, a cameo from Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne in it. Okay, cool. They're continuing to build yeah. his universe. That movie wets the bed as far as, like, you know, reception of it or whatever. That movie made a shitload of money, though. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, kind of audiences are kind of souring on it a little bit. You know, people are, I don't know if people are already conditioned they want it to be exactly like Marvel. Right. And uh, Justice League is coming, like, a year later. And I've always been okay with this because I thought even before, and I know everyone knows, now knows like Iron Man, Captain America, all those as the household names, but just alone Batman, Wonder Man, and Superman are more iconic than all of those characters, right. even pre-MCU, all of that. Yeah. The most iconic characters like in, in comic book and even in pop culture. So you don't have to do this world building and so right. many movies before we get to the team up. So I was like, okay, cool. DC could go this route, have the team up, and then they can split off and do their own separate movies or whatever. Uh, Wonder Woman comes out in summer of 2017. Mm-hmm. Critical success, uh, 
obviously everyone falls in love with Gal Gadot as that character. She does a tremendous job. Kind of gives gets DC back going. It's like okay, cool. Yeah, we got Justice League right at the right in November, which I thought was a weird release date for me. It was like, yeah, Justice League should have been a total like summer movie, yeah. June, July. What was like what like the week after Thor Ragnarok or something like that? Yeah, like a couple weeks oh, after yeah. Thor. Thor yeah. was, and that's a total like goof fest. Yeah, that movie. I mean, I like Thor Ragnarok. But yeah, but like, that's Taika Waititi, man. Yeah, yeah, like, that's his style. That's fine, good for him, whatever. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Justice League after that, but there's not really that much. I don't know. I don't know. This is probably Warner Brothers, a Warner Brothers deal, but the marketing behind it was very weird. The trailers were kind of, you know, throwing different tones at you. Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts on the marketing for Justice? League? It had great music. Oh yeah, that oh yeah. Was, those those trailers were great music, man. Between um, the Gangs of Youth cover of Heroes, and yes. then of course the Junkie XL Gary Clark Jr. mix of Come Together. I mean. Yeah. Phenomenal white, music. White stripes. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw you, uh, you know, on your little tweet thing where you're talking about the part in Justice League when Aquaman's walking. And they're like, I'll, I'll give you that, man. Dude, the White Stripes is so much better than the music they used in the standard cut. <laughs> it just fits that, like, you know, the, the air of Momoa putting on for Aquaman. So, yeah. I don't know, man. The marketing, and I was actually going to bring this up, too, is they were kind of, like, half and half marketing it, you know, with, I guess, Warner Brothers marketing their version of it all colorful and whatnot um hiding superman when we all knew superman was going to come back like yeah. it's oh it was basically it was oh like obvious but it just wasn't you know nobody was saying it so all the posters didn't have superman until like the movie came out and it was, like that was kind of dumb it's like the worst kept secret basically <laughs> yeah. but i actually bought a hat from like think geek or something like that it was a wayne aerospace hat mm-hmm. and i bought it and i wore it around people like oh what's that from what's that and i was like oh it's from justice league and then the movie came out and nothing happened. Well, the Flying Fox, the ship that they have in Justice League, is kept at Wayne Aerospace. And they, they don't mention that in the Whedon cut, mm-hmm. but it's kind of talked about in the Snyder cut. So literally, I bought a hat for this movie that didn't make sense till now mm-hmm. because it wasn't mentioned till now. So I don't know if they just didn't know what they wanted to do with marketing or they had already like paid for this stuff, so they threw it out there and didn't really say anything about it, then just went on their, you know, their way of doing it, but... I enjoyed some parts of the marketing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I got the poster for it and yeah, yeah. It, the I forgot who did that cover where it looks like a graphic novel cover. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it, it just needs Superman like and I I don't I forgot if the theaters released it to us later on with with Superman on it, but all of the lead up like no Superman anywhere. I'm like god damn it, that's what this is missing. Yeah. And I would have I don't know, I forgot if I kept that poster or not. It probably I don't know. I probably, I probably after the movie, I ended up trashing it. Yeah. So let's talk about our experiences with uh, the Whedon version or Warner Brothers version of uh, of Justice League. Uh, I could talk about mine first, and we'll get into yours. So sure. I went into this like, okay, cool. I know Snyder had left production due to you know the passing of his daughter, and you know condolences to him and his family and all that. It sucks. Like he had to leave. This project was already a long time in the making because. They started not too long after Batman v Superman came out, right? Mm-hmm. So this had already been going on for a while, the filming and yeah. all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, shit. Like, they brought in Joss Whedon to re- reshoot and stuff. I was like... It was the very end of production is when they brought him in. Essentially, it was for, like... I think it was during the editing process. And if it came up that they needed reshoots, Joss was to, like, oversee that whole process. Yeah, yeah. And I guess what he ended up doing was just reshooting, like, 75% of the movie. So. And that's crazy because, like I said, it, it had been years. I'm like, I know they shot. I remember yeah. reading so many production updates on this. And, you know, and I think I remember, even remember seeing a picture of, of Cavill in the black Superman. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's interesting. We'll see what happens with that. 
And then the movie comes out. I did my screening with with my employees and all that stuff, and and I was just like, "What the hell is this that I'm watching?" Like, complete 180 from what they had done in Batman v Superman. Ben Affleck was not the same character. Of course, I paid a, more attention to that than anything else. And you know, everybody was quick witted, just like the Marvel characters. A lot of meta and self referential. Um, I came out of it super angry, like mm-hmm. really angry because. First of all, hey, Batman's my favorite. Like they've already messed him up once, right? With, you know, Clooney and all that stuff. And I already dealt with that once, and I was like, God damn it! They, I was like, they did it again. Are you kidding me? I was so like, put Batman away for twenty years. I don't want to see him on screen again. Like I'm just so mad. Like and employees were employees behind me were like giddy about the movie, and I was like, eh, you know, you like what you like, and that's right. cool. But that was the first time where I was like, you know, what? fuck you, y'all are wrong. Like this, yeah. this, they, this, <laughs> this movie did Batman wrong. This movie did a lot of things wrong yeah just super mad so yeah i was done with it the moment i saw it what was your experience with it i mean i liked it i like any super i'll go watch superhero movies till the cows come on man i love them all um that's why i feel confident when i talk mm-hmm. bad about marvels because like i still enjoy the movies but just you know i have issues i liked the justice league the theatrical one to me it felt like an episode of the animated series it had, you know, it was a little dark in some spots. It was, you know, like you said, they were all, you know, quippy and quick-witted. It was super quick. It was only like an hour and a half was the original runtime. So, you know, yeah. they threw in conflict resolution all in one episode. You know, just like, you know, just like Save the Day. They really didn't have like a part one, part two kind of thing like sometimes they do in the show. So I enjoyed it. I wanted more. I wanted to see a continuation, like you said, of the BVS because like you said, it was just two different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of watched it and forgot about it. Like mm-hmm. you know, I have the I have the Blu-ray and whatnot, but I've only seen it like once or twice. So, so that movie comes out bombs badly at the box office. I remember when it came out. Obviously, I've been at the theater since, and lot. I remember it came out in November. I think by like almost like mid December, towards the end, it was gone. Like out of the theaters, like nobody really cared. Uh, I think it only made about two hundred million, which is what freaking Avengers movie do on opening weekend, right? And that's what this movie should have been. It should have been bigger than the Avengers, yeah. You know, and you know we'll get to again. We're building up to Snyder cut. It's coming, yeah. guys. Had this this version of Justice League come out and it had been promoted properly, it would have been bigger than the Avengers, for yeah. Sure. Um, and and I felt bad. I was like, these are the biggest characters in all of comic books, and only two hundred million. I was like, what a fucking sham and disgrace and then then you start to hear all the stories about what happened behind the scenes and right i guess the biggest one that pissed me off was warner brothers rushed a lot of this because yeah. i think to get executives bonuses so they could meet a release date which is why i've always said like calm down with always wanting your movies like super fast like let's artists and storytellers yeah. build up if it takes three four years until we get it so be it like right the build-up will be worth the wait so they kind of rushed this thing and where are you on as far as like the blame? Like, do you put more percentage on Whedon, or more on the studio, half and half? Like, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, it, it's half and half. I feel that you know, Whedon's a yes man, and the studio like that about him. So they would, of course. I think he kind of came in and he has his own signature way of doing things with mm-hmm. his shows and movies. So he came with that idea. I don't think he was. I don't know. I don't want. I, I don't want to place a lot of blame on Whedon, even though yeah, he was put in a tough spot. He and was I, putting yeah. 
And I know, like, forget his personal stuff. Whatever's right. going on. Abs- with that. Yeah, let's absolutely. talk about him. The, just, the, just the him as a him as a professional. Just, I feel that no, I don't think any director out there nowadays, or in any sense, wants to go into like, to take the helm off of someone else and just immediately butcher their movie and change right. it. It's just disrespectful. I mean, it's just like you know, nobody wants to work on something else or. Like a, like a tattoo artist, man. Like if you have want someone another tattoo artist to finish someone else's work, it's like you don't do that stuff. Yeah. Like that's someone else's piece. There, you don't fuck with it. So yeah. I feel that Whedon, like you said, was in a tough spot. The studio execs wanted a certain way, and I guess he only did it the way he knows how. I kind of after watching the Snyder cut, I was like, I wonder if on some level, out of respect, maybe he he's obviously probably saw all the Snyder footage. Yeah, I was like, you know what, that's his stuff. I. You know, let me shoot vision. a whole new movie. Let me do something, yeah. whatever. I'll try to put a band aid on it as be- best as I can. I think on some level that has something to do with it because I know you're watch you're watching the Snyder cut. And you're like, how was this left off the exactly, the cut? exactly? And uh, so I guess I'll go, I'll go seventy thirty. Yeah, more the studio, right? And, you know, all the okay. financial stuff, which is a bunch of BS. Like that sucks. Like and this is why I hate studio interference and uh this is why i always clamor for artists like nolan and mm-hmm. tarantino like when they get their movie made like it's their vision like Absolutely. the way they want it yeah. i feel like it should always be like that but you know studios when it comes with with comic properties like and even marvel for a while struggled with this until they finally got it right and now they're kind of like untouchable they'll let them do whatever they want they still have to keep a straight line yeah but for the most part sometimes uh, the directors get to do their visions. But they started out that way. I mean, if you hear the talks about, like, Iron Man, mm-hmm. I mean, they had, like, three pages of script, and, like, the rest of the movie was literally improvised by, like, <laughs> John Favreau and Rob Downey, so... Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, like, yeah. like they started by the seat of their pants, and then, yeah, sometime, then when corporate kind of came in, mm-hmm. but, like, they found their stride. Yeah. But, so, yeah, the studio interference had a lot to do with this. And then post that, like you hear all the rumblings, and you know there's a, a hashtag that starts online called "Release the Snyder Cut." It was right after the release of Justice League, so the first tweet for "Release the Snyder Cut" was like November 18th or 19th, oh, wow. okay, 2017. I think I, I think was full on a Twitter guy by then. Yeah. Uh, so I remember seeing that. Then we had movies after that, you know, Aquaman and Shazam, and uh, what else? Was there anything else post Justice League that I'm forgetting about? Um, that was it. It was just those two. And those movies were financial successes. Yeah. Aquaman more than Shazam for sure. And you know the the directors did their yeah. own spin on it and their own kind of more creative uh, leeway on it. Yeah, like James Wan. Like I still haven't seen Aquaman fully. I've only seen it in parts at, at you know working at the theater and then whenever it's on HBO. Um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into it because um, Momoa won me over more. Yeah, the Snyder cut more than the Whedon cut. But that's not. My fault, because the way he was presented. It's still funny to me that both directors of James Wan and um, David S. Sandberg, I think that's his last name, are like horror movie directors. Yeah. So, like, just, it's, it's, and you could see, like, a little bit, like, in, like, when you do watch Aquaman the whole way through, there's a horror element to it in certain spots. So mm. you can see where James Wan kind of lets his creative juices flow. And then same thing with Shazam. There's horror spots in there. So it's, it's good, because, you know, there are, dark spots in comic books so mm-hmm. yeah so that hashtag starts online release the snyder cut i poke fun at it but also it's a mixture of anger because i'm like i want this to just go away they <laughs> fucking butchered this i don't believe in this there's no snyder cut whatever You're just, just an old man sitting on a porch but don't angry, want those kids the, to play it's the angry little comic book 
toxic fanboys. And for the record, Tyler, I don't put you into that category. So whenever you see me post about I know. I know toxic fanboys, I'm not referring to you because I know I can have conversation, honest conversations with you about this stuff and not have it be completely biased. And, you know, to be fair, like, there are people in the Snyder fandom that are toxic. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not going to defend some of the scum. But the Snyder fan base has raised over $500,000 for, like, suicide awareness mm-hmm. and all of these other campaigns. I mean... That stuff's awesome. Yeah, I love to hear they've stuff They've all like done that. that in the name of Zack Snyder. Okay. I like that. Stuff like that's cool. Versus, like, the Star Wars people who bully, you know, Asian-American uh, cast members into deleting all their social media kind yeah, of stuff. threatening the director. Okay, yeah. cool. I didn't see any of that. Like, yeah. we didn't, you fucked us up, we're going to kill exactly. you. Exactly. Okay, I'll give you that. Star Wars fans are a little bit more yeah. intense. Uh, but either way, still, I still kind of lump them together. Some, no, some of them right. in that same fandom. So that's who I'm always going after Right. you see me on social media. And for the most part, it's... It's a troll job by me. And, oh, you're a mark, man. And, and I, the day I don't get a reaction out of these people is a day like I, I, I should retire. But the, <laughs> the fact that they, they respond in the least to me, I'll keep doing it because it's like it's it's bait, man. And they keep falling for it. And so. see, that's what I love about you is because you can tell like, and I don't want to throw anybody and say that people are dumb, but like you see your stuff and you know you're trolling, <laughs> you know you're throwing it out there just to get the, you know you're like you're the Joker, man. You're doing yeah. it to make the world burn. <laughs> but like I've seen some people, and I just want to touch on it that they talk so much hate about the Snyder Cut. They're just like, oh, and this one like I saw it today, and it, it made me mad. Like not like you're troll level mad, but this dude's like. I hate Zack Snyder movies, and this is not. And I was like, "Hey, you can't hate someone's movies." Like he never, Zack Snyder didn't come in your house, break all your dishes, and light a fire on your couch. You can't hate the guy. You don't know him. Yeah. You can dislike his movies, just like I, I know. I there's certain movies I don't like. You can dislike them. You just hate is such a powerful word, and just to be like throwing it out there like a big dick in the locker, like, dude, no, <laughs> man, you don't hate his movies. And this is and this is the guy. I mean, I kind of hope he doesn't listen to this because he's a good guy, a friend of mine. But he loves like the Punisher series and the Daredevil series. So I was like, oh, that's okay for you, that dark and gritty right. Punisher. But Zack Snyder, no, fuck that guy. Like it's dark and gritty. It's only good in Marvel. Exactly. <laughs> like, come on, dude. I love throwing that. Oh, but if Marvel did, yeah. This, no. <laughs> like, no, 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 man. Like, I'm sorry, Batman with the gun is too much. But Punisher doing all that shit is just okay. <laughs> It's a it, it's a lot of hypocrisy, and that's where I like that's where I come in. I'm like, okay, if you're gonna be like, be the same on both yeah. sides. Don't 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 let somebody else get away with it, and then you bash the other side. Yeah, because then that's where you're showing your bias right there. So, um, yeah, no, I'll I'll always do it. But and and again, I like to defend myself. I don't hate these movies. People people think I hate the comic book stuff, and I don't. I I, I genuinely enjoy these movies. My thing is when people make it out like these are the only important things. Yeah. These are the only the important movies. Right. Only because Marvel does this. Like, oh, they're the only ones that can do political thrillers. Like, no, like, you know, there, there's other different types of movies that, that have done that way better. I mean, there oh, was... Marvel knows how to do grief. Uh, there's there's way other stuff you can tap into. They they didn't invent it. And they conditioned the audience that way. And I, that's where, I, that's where yeah. I'm bothered. I mean, God, there's so many movies that I've seen before Marvel movies that made me feel grief or like, goddamn, and political thrillers you're talking about? Like, what is it? The Manchurian Candidate or like the sum of all fears, bro. Tom Clancy wrote the book on political thrillers. MCU guys or Marks, like, there's other movies out there. Yeah. Like, 
enjoy like they expand your horizons. But no, I enjoy these movies a hell of a lot. I even enjoy, again I enjoyed Batman v Superman, the, the the Ultimate Edition. Like I'm not a full on like I, I just I guess Zack Snyder's just for the most part not my particular taste. Right. But I can say the same thing about Michael Bay. You know, he has a style, and sometimes I'm into some of the stuff. But for the most part, I'm like, yeah. Or what is it, J.J. Abrams and lens flares? Yeah, like everybody has their own style. And Snyder again hates a strong word. No, I just yeah. don't. His style, his movies, yeah. no. Um, so okay. So again, this uh, army and this hashtag is growing and growing, and you know what? Justice League came out in 2017. 2017. 2017. Okay, so this thing's building and building. And I'm convinced it's fake. And it's just a whatever thing. Right. Um, but then you start getting people that worked on the film, like uh, Jay uh, Olivia Oliva. He was one of like the, uh, like a writer, kind uh-huh. of a little bit producer. He starts getting in on this stuff. Some fans in Australia, um, they fly here mm-hmm. to Warner Brothers and they're all dressed up in cosplay, like the Justice League cosplay. They paid for a plane to fly a release, the Snyder Cut um, <laughs> banner above like Warner Brothers HQ and they're all standing outside like petitioning this and it's just this army that's that's starting to form like you said Mm. and there's people that are denying it and they're like oh no it doesn't exist like all your um, your film writers and whatnot from like I want to say like Hollywood Reporter and whatnot are saying like well we've talked to people at Warner Brothers and they say it doesn't exist but yet you have all of these people not like actors until I want to say like two years ago I think is when Momoa and all them started getting on it but all of these people, like underlings of the film, like some of the Amazon, um, you know, uh, background actors and all that stuff. Are, no, like this is there's something here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the first of the actual cast that said something was the guy who played Steppenwolf, Sian Sian Hands or something. I didn't, I'm sorry, I butcher people's names sometimes, but he was the first one. Like that's not the movie we worked on. Okay, that's not at all what we filmed. Like mm-hmm. you know. These scenes aren't that. My character wasn't looking like that. Like the way that Zach portrayed it wasn't like that. So, hmm. okay. Uh, I did forget to mention that during the time of post Justice League, there was supposed to be a, a Ben Affleck directed Batman movie in yep. the works, and you know, I was still excited for that kind of. Um, but then there was a lot of stuff of what was going on on set and what Affleck was dealing with personally, and then ultimately it just the news just kind of slowly just went away. Yeah. And then it was just announced that uh, Matt Reeves was taking over. Yep. And then it was going to be a whole new story, nothing dealing with what Affleck had written or, or yeah. whatever. And then, cool, I think Affleck, not officially, like, I don't think it was ever, was it ever really, like, officially announced that Ben Affleck is just no longer playing Batman? It was kind of just, like, it just Yeah, it just went away. But it was started out as him writing, directing, and starring in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it went from him... Just Matt Reeves started to no Matt Reeves went to directing and he was writing with Matt Reeves and starring right. in it and then it kind of just Matt Reeves takes full control. Uh, so they cast Robert Pattinson. They're going to do like a whole other Batman movie. Cool, like whatever. It's going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I, I'm down for that and it's still happening. Obviously, I think we're getting it in 2022. Yeah, uh, Less actually, would have been this year. That would have been yeah. crazy. Post Snyder yeah. cut. Yeah, and but that it, was my fear. And we talked a lot about that. We did. The, we did. In the last uh, podcast we did together, was like, man, like, are people going to be clamoring to want Affleck back? And right. then what happens to Pattinson? Are people going to care about that? Right. And then it's like, are we going to get an oversaturation? You know, and, and it's cool for the for the comic fans that, that enjoy all this stuff. And I know you enjoy all this stuff. So that's good for you. I'm yeah. Happy for y'all. But then it's like, oh, like, is it just, is it too much? Like, 
I, I liked getting the Batman movie every three, four years. I don't oh, need, yeah. I don't need one. I don't need two in one year, much less every every single year. Um, so that that that's uh, still coming uh, on the March sixth, twenty twenty two, is the official release date as of now. Awesome! Damn it, I I really wanted it to be this year in October because it would have been around my birthday. Yeah, I was like a Batman movie on my birthday. I'll, I'll do a private screening for that. Um, but you know, whatever. Twenty twenty two, that's coming. I'm still super excited for it. Um, this is around the time they started talking about HBO Max starting to do its own streaming service. Yeah. You know, everyone's trying to compete with Netflix. You got Disney Plus. Marvel announced that they're going to do TV shows and all that stuff on that platform. Okay, cool. The streaming wars are kind of really starting to heat up. HBO Max is going to launch. They're going to have all the DC stuff on there. It's like, okay, cool. And another thing, too, it's it's very minute compared to, you know, the big two. Like, you're, you're, you're Disney and Netflix and um, that. But around this time, Netflix announced, like, low-key, they have the rights to, it's called the Millerverse, mm-hmm. like the Mark Miller comics, okay. which uh, there's one called Jupiter's Legacy coming out this year. And uh, they start producing their own comic book shows. So, I mean, Mark Miller has written, like, so many different comic books, and Netflix has the rights to produce all of their shows. So that's what they're going to start doing. So Netflix has their own superhero shows now, not Marvel ones. Like, they have the Umbrella Academy. So they're okay. going, like, gotcha. I don't want to say independent comics, but your lesser-known publishing companies like Dark Horse and whatnot. So now they're, you know, bringing – sorry, not Dark Horse. But, yeah, they're bringing out, you know – um, like these low key comic books. So now Netflix has their own okay army of comic book stuff. Yeah, gotcha. so, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think you're the one that mentioned to me how Ben Affleck had tweeted about the release of Snyder Cut yeah. and Gal Gadot, and I was like, okay, everybody. Cool. So there's starting to be a little bit more rumblings. This thing might be real. Still, I'm still kind of like, eh, yeah, it's whatever. It's like I, I don't think it's real. And then there was announcement that you know they had actually cast Darkseid. That they would, Zack Snyder would actually cast and film dark side scenes with Ray Porter, who, Ray Porter is like this unknown dude that like 90% of us didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I was actually doing a rewatch of Justified, which is a TV show with like Tim Villalfon, who yes. he was in the first episode of Mandalorian, season two. And he played like this hillbilly gangster in like three or four episodes. And I was like, oh shit, that guy's dark side? Like, hmm. okay. Interesting. But yeah, awesome. So I'm driving around one day, I'm doing my deliveries. Uh, I think this, I think this was around, yeah, last year around the pandemic time. So I'm getting geared up doing that. They're announcing HBO Max, all these different stuff they're gonna do. And then I get a text from a buddy. He's like, "Hey, it's fucking real, man." And I was like, "What? What's real?" He's like, "The fucking Snyder cut." And I was like, "What?" I literally, I had to pause somewhere. I think I parked somewhere. Went to Variety. I always go to the trades. I don't go mm-hmm. to these geek sites or whatever that. Which is good. No, I, I wait for the trades to actually publish what's real from actual Hollywood. And sh- lo and behold, I, w- I go to Variety, and it's like HBO Max, the debut, Zack Snyder's yeah. version of Justice League. And I was like, holy shit. Like, oh, wow. Like, okay. There's a real cut of this. Yeah, I think one of the first ones I saw was it was a picture of the Nightmare Batman, and it was all, like, black and white, and it said, of course he's real. He's on HBO Max. Yeah. All so, these little images. Yeah. They had the marketing ready to yeah. go for it. I was like, wow, this is already like a million times better than the marketing for Justice League. And uh, so shit, okay, cool. We're going to get this version. And again, I'm still iffy on it. You can go back to listen to the last podcast me and Tyler. I was still iffy on it. And uh, even when the trailers came out for it, I, was, I think I was mocking it or whatever yeah. I was doing. I didn't really pay attention. They didn't really watch me. They're like, eh whatever they add a cool like little song to it they make it in black and white whatever mm. i don't care like i'm still gonna watch it because 
it's Ben Affleck coming back because that that was my one list on the priority. Like if they can course correct and make Batman a better character in this movie, I'll, I'll be in. Uh, so all, all the lead up to it has been whatever, but as, as the the weeks were leading up to it, till we got it this past week, I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm a little bit more excited for this. I'm gonna be a little bit more open minded and not going and expecting to hate it. I'm just gonna let it flow. We'll see what happens. And uh, lo and behold, I forgot. I, I I was assuming this thing was gonna get released like on a Friday, like an actual yeah. movie, you know, right? At, at a, at a movie know, theater. Thursday. So I, yeah, so I wake up Thursday morning. And I'm like, I'm seeing all these reviews of it already. I'm like, and it's not from like the same usual critics that get yeah. to see it first or whatever. Because that had already come out days before. And people were already like praising it or whatever. And I always take those with a grain of salt. Because these are the same people that every Marvel movie that comes out like, oh my god, you've never right. seen anything like yeah. this. So I'm like, pump the brakes. I'm going to wait to see it. And I'll, I'll do that with every property. Even like the Creed movies. If the Creed gets screened early and everyone's like, oh my god, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to see it for myself, and yeah. I'm not going to let myself get hyped up over it. So all these reviews are out uh, this past Thursday. I'm like, is it out already? Like, what's going on? And then I, the, the ads are ridiculous for it on Instagram and social media. And yeah, stream the Snyder Cut today. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I think it's like right at noon I started it, and I had to work at 5. Nice. I'm going to admit this. I was late to work because nice. of this. So I was able to watch all four hours of it. And I took a day off work to see it. Holy shit. Because my plan would have been to Thursday night, had had, had this originally been a Friday uh, premiere. I would have watched Falcon and Winter Soldier, the premiere, which also, by the way, is out. But it's whatever. Uh, <laughs> would have watched, watched that at 2 a.m., <laughs> gone to sleep, wake up early, and then watch the Snyder Cut. No, so I did it reverse where I got I had a hell of an experience. Watching uh, Zack Snyder's vision. And then, yeah. And that, this is where we're at. This movie is out for the world. You can stream it for fourteen ninety nine. I just recommend buying HBO Max in general and keeping it. It's well, it's worth it. It's it such, is. To me, I think it's still... I've been spending all my time on HBO Max. Not just because of, uh, of the DC properties that they have there. You know, been rewatching other stuff like Gossip Girl. <laughs> you know, just, just stuff that, I, that I'm into. <laughs> teen soaps, whatever. Um, yeah, no, it's way worth your money, the fourteen ninety nine. Um, I wish my only regret is I wish this thing would have been a, a theatrical release, right? Or at least an IMAX. Oh, yeah, yeah. The IMAX shows of the Snyder Cut. Yeah, maybe that will happen at some point. Maybe Warner Bros. will be like, eh, you know, let's make some dough off of this. But did you did you see though that they kind of they've mentioned it, but they also remastered BVS. And the, the dis, and a dip better aspect ratio as well, really? better color contrast and all on that. HBO Max, on HBO Max, and they released it the same day as the Snyder Cut. Okay, so they have a re, a re, remaster huh. of BVS and more content for me to watch. Yeah, love it. And you know they kind of threw it in there a little bit, and I think it also released on 4K uh, DVD and Blu-rays and whatnot. Oh, the BVS did on uh, Thursday as well. Holy shit! Yeah. Okay, awesome. All right, Tyler. So here we are, Snyder Cut. Uh, has been unleashed on us. We've watched it a couple times. How many times have you seen it? I've seen it once. Uh, fully. Unfortunately, I've wanted to see it more, but I had to wait for my wife to get off work to see it once. And then we did a garage sale this past weekend, so we've been kind of going. Right. Uh, but okay. I don't have to work till Wednesday, so I think it'll be a rewatch. Yeah, there it'll be a rewatch for sure. So I've seen this twice already, kind of three, but the other one was like with a commentary on another podcast that I was listening to, which I was disappointed in. Um, what a fun movie, man. Uh-huh. It's four hours, but it's 
totally what it should have been the first time. Right. Feels big right from the start. We throw around, everybody throws around the word, you know, goat and epic, all these, all the terms that just get overused. This felt epic, man. Like the way these these characters got their, you know, pun intended, they got their justice. Like, yeah. They, it, it, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they got their deserved interpretation. I kind of, you know, and I know some people said it, but it, to me, it didn't feel like four hours. But yet, on the other, and maybe, I don't know, I have, like I said, I've only watched it once. Maybe I might feel a little bit differently about the time the next time I watch it. But also maybe because when I was working at the theaters when Endgame came out. It's like when with Endgame, you know, the big battle happens. And there's still like, what, 45 minutes left of the movie afterwards. And right. you're like, God damn. <laughs> or they get all the Infinity Stones and then like Thanos attacks. And there's still like an hour and something left in the movie. Right. So, I mean... That one, to me, felt like, I guess, during the rewatches, like, after you watch it once, you're like, shit, there's still a giant chunk of movie left. Mm-hmm. The Snyder Cut didn't feel like that to me. It flowed so well, and there was, like, highs and lows, or not necessarily, I mean, I don't want to say that, it's not the right word. There was action sprinkled in there ever so often to where mm-hmm. it just kept going, it kept going, and didn't feel like this giant, like, long, drawn-out spot, and then they have, like, the climactic battle, and then you still have, like, 45 minutes left. Like, it yeah. didn't feel like that. It just, it summed it up where it needed to be this is another term that gets used a lot and especially with comic book fans you may disagree with me on this but this is how i truly felt uh this really literally felt like a graphic novel come to life right yeah it didn't feel it's a movie but it didn't feel like it as you're it really felt like a panel to panel like a, yeah like, like a page an turner actual, and they, yeah. i know people say that about all these other different marvel movies all oh, this felt like straight out of the comic book like no this this folks just again my personal opinion this really felt like a panel to panel, you know, you're reading the book, you know, quick little dialogue between right. the two characters and a big elaborate like, you know, origin story of the mother boxes and yeah. dark side, you know, whatever, just shit like that and I was like, man, this is it's fucking awesome. This actually works better as as one giant movie as opposed to like a mini series yeah. that had briefly discussed. Um, what were your, what's your take on that? Do you agree with me on that? I do. And I think that for anybody that complains that four hours is too long, I mean, you're the people, the same people that are literally binge watching every time Netflix drops like a 10, 13 episode series like that night. That hmm. was split up in, Santa Cut was split up into seven parts and it had endings to the parts and a little dark scene where I said part. So you could have literally paused it at any time, went to bed, went to work and came back and started the next part and right. not skipped a beat. So I feel that the people that bitch about it, they're just lazy. Mm-hmm. They like to whine about what everybody else is whining about. So mm-hmm. it worked. It could have worked as a miniseries, I think. I think that, like you you'd mentioned, I think, before we got on the podcast or even a little bit on the podcast, is that it would have been all the talk for like the oh, next, sure. you know, dominant. however long they plan to keep the miniseries going, whether it was like once every other week or once every month. It's just that every time that they ended a part, or I could see where they could have split it up, they, people are just like, no, like, we need the next part. Like, come on, like, bring it, bring it so right. bad. So, yeah, that was all the conversation this weekend that I saw was Snyder Cut and maybe a little bit of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. But I think nowadays, when you know something's a hit or pop culture is like, they'll make memes of it. Oh, yeah. The memes are amazing. So the memes that I started to see right away were everyone poking at the, the Zack Snyder integrity, the 4.3. Yeah. So you would see all these little memes of different, like, oh, this is in 4. Point whatever yeah. to keep the integrity of Adam Sandler's version or whatever. Right. 
So, yeah. And like my wife didn't like it. She was like, I hate the bars on the side of the screen. I didn't mind it. Yeah, that didn't bother me, but I, I'm also a film nut, so I, right. I'm a stickler for stuff like that. I wonder how many of uh, the the Snyder Cut bros are the very yeah. toxic people that maybe would have had a problem with that. Uh, do you see them, or do you, were they just like, whatever, give us you know whatever version of Well, I saw people that were posting in some like the, the, the groups in the communities on Facebook that I'm in. They're just like, how do I change like the ratio? Like, oh, I didn't cool. see an option. Like, why is it like this? Is it just like this at the beginning? And, you know, I saw it in the beginning, but I know it just kind of melted away from me. And I just focused on what was going on on the screen versus what was happening or not happening on the sides. Yeah. So, Yeah, the moment I saw that, and I knew it was going to be presented that way. And yeah, well, because the trailer had come out that way, too. Yeah, and then I was like, God damn, like, this would have been such a an amazing experience on the IMAX. Yeah. Because for those of you who have never been in a, on an IMAX screen, like, most of the movies do have the bars at the bottom uh, top and the bottom with this movie you would have gotten a full on scope like this yeah. thing would have immersed you so that's my only like fuck man like I wish this would have gotten an IMAX release so but again yeah I wasn't I didn't have a problem with the presentation whatever I care about the story and whether I knew visually it was going to be awesome because yeah. it's Zack Snyder so I knew right away like that that was going to be a, a million times improvement on whatever Whedon and Warner Brothers gave us the first time. Um, but yeah, man, just so many different ways we can dive into this first on, on what you liked uh, about this. Where do you want to start, man? Like, we can, we can go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can start with, you know, start at the beginning, kind of just roll through uh, uh, something I saw. And, you know, as soon as I saw someone say it, I immediately agreed with it. Is that, you know, yeah, like movies, then their sequels, they'll kind of like recap what happened in the first one. Or, you know, do like a time jump to like, you know, 12, you know, this is how he's been living his life for six months now. Right. But like this, like the way that Zack Snyder did the, the Man of Steel to BVS to this one is you see the ending of the first movie and what's if, how it affects something else. Right. You know, with Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne. His perspective. His perspective of, of the ending fight of Man of Steel. And this one, you see how... Superman dying awoke in the mother boxes. Yes, and right away you get this massive amount of exposition. Right. Whereas in... So you have that opening in the Snyder Cut of Superman yelling. Just that dark shot of him getting... Of his stab wound. Like, that's yeah. the first shot you see. Like, oh shit, okay. Right. This is already heavy enough. And you see that echoing and, you know, you see it goes through Lex Luthor. Yep. So you get Jesse Eisenberg right away. Goes through Atlantis and you see Mi- Mara. Mara, yeah, uh, goes all the way to the Amazon. Yeah, so, okay, you cool. You're seeing how all these people are going to get incorporated right into the story, as opposed to the the Weed and Warner Brothers cut. Yeah, it opens with this cheesy Batman like cartoonish. Well, no, like, it started with Superman. Oh, yeah. cell phone video, God. Superman. <laughs> Glad to say that none of that footage is in the Snyder cut yeah. with the the botched uh, CGI Henry Cavill mustache thing, which is. It's scary in itself, folks. If you've never seen it, and if you just want to see how bad they botched that, it's on HBO Max, too. The Justice League, uh, Whedon Warner's version. Henry Cavill's face is just, they fuck. I, if I'm Cavill, I'm never watching that. Like, if I was an actor, I'd be embarrassed to ever. Did you ever see the video of him making fun of it? No. Did, the whole, like, mustache thing, where really? I guess when he actually shaved uh, it off. <laughs> he had, like, this whole, like, little, like, video on Facebook where he talks about, like, you know, you're gone but not forgotten. Oh, that's great. Well, at least he can have fun with it, yeah. so that's good. But me as an actor, as a self, like, just, uh, I don't know, I would be too embarrassed to ever see that again. But 
that opens up with that and then a cartoonish Batman scene. Right. With the fakest background of a city I've ever seen. And I mentioned this off air. You could have put Adam West's yeah. Batman in that scene and it's still as silly. And the way they introduce the mother boxes with like a green slime. Yeah. What do you want from me? He blows up Fear. a <laughs> He blows up a parademon and you see the mother boxes. Yeah. And in that movie, it's like they're doing all this quick explanation on what they are. Right. And you're still kind of left like, what the hell? What? Yeah. Like, what are these things? Yeah. This movie takes its time and really explains to you the origins of it and, and what, quote unquote, the powers it has and yeah. what it does and doesn't do. Uh, so they did a really good job with that. So that's why I'm okay with it. With the runtime being a little bit over yeah. four hours, there's trimmings on it you can do, but I mean, it, with any and I mentioned this off off air as well, but with any movie that's so long, you can trim it down. Mm. I'm not saying that the Snyder cut and Zack Snyder needed every single second, uh, like you know the Icelandic woman that was singing went off yes. and went in the water. Oh, Goddamn, my great mind. You know, like, it was interesting, and there was a funny meme that came out of it. But I mean. Like, you didn't need her to sing a whole song. Let's keep it going. Right. 30 seconds of it, cool. They're worshiping the dude for whatever he does. Let's move on. Same thing with, like, Endgame. I don't think you needed all of, you know, I don't, like, that's the thing is people will fight me on it, too, because I've had people do it before, but, like, you didn't need Thor talking to his mom. Yeah. You know, you didn't need some of that stuff. So every movie could have been short. Hulk, Ant-Man, Captain Rogers in a diner. Yeah. Quipping. Exactly. (laughs) Every, every movie for the love of God, you could cut stuff out. Like, it's yeah. not needed. Um, but, yeah, another thing, too, I like about the very beginning is, like, we mentioned that how it showed, like, Atlantis and the Amazons, but you also see a different with Wonder Woman and Batman when Superman dies. Like, you see their reactions. Yes. It kind of showed it in BVS, but you see Wonder Woman's demeanor change when mm. she knows that he's not coming back. And you see Batman's demeanor change when he realizes Superman sacrificed himself. Mm. For, like to end Doomsday, so right then and there, you're already like, oh shit, the tone has changed. Yeah, um, the color palette scheme changed as well, uh, which I fucking love because it looked like it looks like a real movie now. Right, you know the, I know you mentioned that it looked like a cart, or it reminded you of the cartoon that we didn't. Yeah, cut, but also like the colors didn't work in that movie. Like no. it just did not fit whatever they were trying to do, and with the with the Snyder cut. You know, I'm looking at in the. And we talked about this off air. It's got like a Lord of the Rings type of it. Yeah. It feels very gravitas heavy. Yeah. And uh, like a Master and Commander, Russell Crowe, like these epics, right. like at sea and these mythical creatures and characters. And I love, I love the color palette of this movie because even the the final act is like, it's almost sort of kind of similar to the Whedon version. Right. It's but it's not as silly. And it, it looks more realistic. Well, the, the, yeah, the colors that you know, like the, the super red and orange wash that Whedon did yeah. in the in the ending was just unnecessary. Versus, uh, you know, the, like the how it was in Snyder's was it was just very like alien. I guess is the right way to put it because I mean, hell, it was, but it was very like you know organically alien. Yeah. Um, and as far as like the color palette goes, I always I, I laugh at color palettes because. You know, like every time you see a movie set place in Mexico, it's always like that orange, yeah. orangish brown. And then I've actually been to Mexico, and I was like, "It's not like the movies." Yeah. My wife's right. like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And yeah. I was like, "It's not orange." But anyway, like to me, it, it felt like when Wonder Woman fights those guys. I think it's yeah, it's London, right? Whenever they have the she fights the terrorists. Yes. Yeah. 
And to me, like, London is very, like, gray. I'm, I've never been there, so I don't, I'm sure right. it's colorful. But, like, the buildings and stuff like that are very, like, that mute stone. So the color palette reflected off of the buildings and, you know, the surroundings. So that's why I enjoyed the Snyder's version of it more. Um, you'll appreciate this as, you know, we've talked about this a lot as we've grown to know each other. Uh, we're both into movie soundtracks and, yeah. and scores. Hell of an improvement with the score here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching the Whedon cut last night, and I know they brought in Danny Elfman yeah. to overdoing. It's a lot of... Dun, 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 dun. Like, yeah. It was very, like... <laughs> and, you know, like, in, in to reference our good our good friend Abe here, Abe is, like, a nostalgia whore. And, like, I love nostalgia, man. But, like, that's why I feel like they brought Danny Elfman in. Like, when he brought back, like, the 89 Batman soundtrack yes. for, like, the introducing of Batman, I was like, it wasn't needed. <laughs> It was there just for, like, the people of Abraham's age to um, be like, oh, God, it's amazing. And it's like, yeah, it was for that, but no, you know. And I love Elfman to death. I right. love his, his soundtracks, what he's contributed to the film world. But for this movie, if they, imagine if they put that score in that movie. Wouldn't it have, like, kind of, like, taken you out of it a little bit? Absolutely. Um, so it didn't work for me in the Whedon cut. And uh, obviously I'm glad they brought back, uh, was it Junkie? Junkie XL. Or Tom Holkenberg. Yeah. Everyone call he, he, dude, he's got. I mean, he's doing Godzilla versus Kong. So I don't know if you've ever heard some of his. He's already, I think, dropped the Kong theme that yeah. he did and the Godzilla theme. He did the first Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. So I mean, his he's got some Mad Max Fury yeah, Road. Mad Max. He's got some fantastic scores. Yeah, he's built up a pretty good little resume. Yeah, but yeah. His score over it makes the movie heavier, more operatic, right? In a way, um, not in a cartoonish way, the way Elfman did it. So that was a. So the color palette and the and the score already like won me over on this, uh, but more than anything, the my one biggest thing and I already mentioned this earlier was they course corrected how Batman is portrayed in this movie. Absolutely. In the Whedon cut, he's such geriatric, a, geriatric. He's a geek. He's uh, afraid of Superman. Yeah. He's pining over Clark Kent so much in yeah. that movie. I noticed. I was like, oh, yep, something's definitely bleeding. God. Yeah. <laughs> Want you to send out a feeler? Do you uh, you talk to fish? Like, yeah. what is like, what yeah, is like, he doing? How did uh, I'm sure Affleck was either drunk or whatever, but how did he agree to say yeah. some of these lines that he said in that weeding? Do, do you talk to fish? I mean, <laughs> God, damn. even the first like when he meets Arthur Curry in the weeding cut, it's quip 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 yeah. back and forth, back and forth, and then the Snyder cut. That's the first scene also that you see in interaction yeah. of dialogue, and it's so fucking like. They play it straight. He drops the money, man. Like, and the kid takes it. That's like, it's so Bruce Wayne kind of thing. But, like, they play it so straight. And yeah. It's like, why couldn't they just leave it be? Like, they, they'd have to throw in, like, uh, I know they have to hold, you, you dress like a bat or whatever. But yeah. That's just Aquaman being Aquaman. Like, right. It works for that character. Yeah. So, it's cool for him to throw a jab every now and then. But Bruce Wayne's got to play it straight, dude. You just yeah. lost... Superman, fucking, and he's got all have, this shit's happening. But at the same time, too, Bruce Wayne is a billionaire. Like he's he's got the money, he's got the status. So of course, he's gonna think that everybody in the world already knows him, even the people on a small little Icelandic Norris Island. Yeah. So he's gonna show up like Bruce Wayne, and that's what he did. Yeah. Oh, goddamn. I, I saw a meme where it was like, oh, uh, it, it's, it's something about like, the way Bruce Wayne gets out of helicopters before they even land. Because like in BBS, <laughs> he got out of the beginning, and in this one too, yeah. oh, like it's uh, yeah, like at least you know, Ben Affleck sticking to the sticking to the the shtick of getting out of helicopters before they land. So thank you, Snyder, for restoring my faith in this version of Batman. And we'll talk about this more towards we get to the end, but. God damn it, you son of a bitch! I want to see some more. Absolutely, Affleck. Uh, if you're 
listening to this, probably not. But man, please come. That would back. be great, man. You're my favorite. Ben Affleck's like he's he's getting his Dunkin' in the morning. He's like, oh, let's let's just go and check what's on. He turns on your podcast. That'd be sweet. Uh, so that was my number one big takeaway was thank you for course correcting Batman into. I mean, yes, he's a little bit out of his element with all the shit going on around him, but Snyder makes that character work in this world. Yeah. He uses his strengths. Right. Well, look at what he does with his gauntlets. Yeah. I mean, he makes the gauntlets to where they take. Kryptonian energy and all that and dissipates it. I mean, they did it first, Russo's. Yeah, Batman did it first. Uh, yeah, I like that. What is it? It was like a a shield. Yeah, it was like a... it was. Um, I forget. I don't know if they used any part of like the Kryptonian shit, but I know it was like an additional like wrap on his gauntlets that like took Clark's you know heat vision. It took Parademon's shooting. So, but that's always to me always been Batman's strength is that he's smarter than you. Like, exactly. I think you right. Like, it's not about oh. He doesn't have powers, or no, he does have a power. Yeah. fucking intelligence. And I think I mentioned it on another podcast too, but I remember reading something about when they were talking about the character of like Alfred mm. and um, his relationship with Bruce in the Zack Snyder versions, and like he's not just a butler. You know, some versions have him being like a former special forces. Some of them, he's like he went to butler school since he was a child. And this one, he's like an engineer. Like he was, he has like a background in mechanical engineering. That's why you see him like tinkering with like the the bat, the cowl, yeah. tinkering with like the Batmobile. Like him and Bruce Wayne built the Batmobile from the ground up to do specifically what he wanted it to do. So that's why like you have this Alfred who's constantly working on these things, and it's not just Batman. It's just because they created these characters to do that, right? And it makes so much more sense. It's not just like oh, like why the hell is Alfred making you know the like the tech gauntlet and all that stuff, or the the cowl in the in BVS? Mm-hmm. It's because he's a fucking engineer. Another great casting addition to that, or just that universe was Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Absolutely, big heavy hitter actor. You know, DC. Got, you always got one over on Marvel with that, and like the scene of him, like Diana's making tea, and he's like, "Oh, let me do that, let me do that." And she's like, "No, I'm a strong, independent female. Yeah. I can do it." He goes, "No, no, no, like you're fucking it up. You're not doing tea right." Yeah. So, uh, so I talked about one of the things. What's another thing that you liked about this movie? The Flash. Oh well, can I stop you real quick there before you get into your your tirade on that? Sure. That was probably the only thing I enjoyed out of the Whedon cut. Whatever. Yeah. Was the Flash? Maybe not how he was brought in. You know, I, I mentioned this on one of my tweets. You can follow me at Robert Palacios too. In the Whedon cut, they introduced Flash on him drawing Sharpie on someone's yeah, whole face. It was good. As a, I mean, cool if you want to get the laughs, but you get more sense of what Snyder was trying to do with this version of the Flash in the sequence that he does with the whole car crash with the. I'm Iris, assuming that's Iris, Iris, Iris yeah. West, and uh, this whole elaborate. I know a lot of this movie is in slow motion. But that's Snyder style, right. and it fucking works for this. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to give him shit for any of that. Uh, so all that shows you from the way Flash's feet break out of his shoes yeah. to him doing like a single touch on the glass and yeah. it breaks. Like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And he's still being funny at the same time. He, he puts in like a hot dog wiener. Yeah. When and you don't know what it's for, and then he's feeding yeah. into the dogs. You're yeah. like, oh, okay. It, pay, it pays off. So, yeah. So that stuff is cool, but... Yes, I, I enjoy the seriousness of it, but if you're going to have a character that's going to be quick right. with it, it's that guy. Right. He should be the only one doing it. Aquaman could do it here and there because he's playing more like a Wolverine type where he's a dick for the most part. Yeah. He can throw in like a jab, but I'm glad that they kept the Flash the exact same. Yeah. Maybe less of the self-referential, like, we get it. Yeah. Like in Whedon, there's a lot of, uh, oh, it's 
It's like a cave. It's yeah, a bat, bat cave. cave. Okay, cool. We get yeah. it. Or hey, pet, if we do this to Clark Kent, it's gonna if we bring yeah, it back pet cemetery. Pet cemetery. Yeah. We get it. But here, no, everything was uh, almost exactly the same. He's great. Go off on on Flash. And that's what I liked was the the scenes. I think my favorite scenes out of the entire thing was the scenes with Aquaman and the Flash. Yes. Like the uh, when he's trying on the hats. For like the military disguise, he's like, "What do you think of A?" And he goes, "Like definitely not A." And then he's like, "I love that." I mean, it's it's subtle and it's great humor. It's not; it doesn't have to be like in your face kind of humor. Yeah, it's not overdone, right? It's, it it feels genuine. Their, yeah, their their interactions and chemistry. Yeah, because you know, then you fast forward to the part whenever they're they're looking for, um, or they're on their way to fight Steppenwolf, and he's like, "Hey, you know, is he okay?" And he's like, "Oh, he just wants to be left alone." So I mean, there's. There's the, the, you know... There's more humanization. Is, exactly. And, of course, whenever Flash ends up accidentally tackling Aquaman and just he points at him and, like, that's become a new meme now. Or, like, yeah. And so I, I love the the Flash-Aquaman uh, scenes, but, like, the Flash's character was just... He was so much more, like, in the Speed Force. Like, it was there. There was more heart to it, too. Yeah. Like, even... He's he's a big part of the, of the climactic finish. And, right. We can talk about that maybe a little bit more. Unless yeah. you want to dive into it now. No, we can talk about it later. But I just like you feel so much, you know, you feel so much emotions with him as far as like with his dad. Yeah, you feel like what he's trying to do, like why he went and saved Iris, uh, just because of you really feel the gravity of his him and his dad's situation. Yeah, and that's what I really liked about it. Is it was glossed over in the Whedon version, but here, like, you really felt it just as much as you felt every other character. Yeah, more substance, which I'm not used to with Snyder movies, but he does it here, and it, and it works well, and it makes you care more about these characters. Like right. now, now I'm excited for yeah. the Flash movie, which I've been kind of down on because it's been an up and down production, which is what I like to poke more, more fun at. Yeah, but I'm excited more right. for more Ezra Miller, and hopefully this movie does get done because yeah. I know it's kind of been rocky from from the get go. And I loved even too. I think it was. Last year or the year before when they brought Ezra Miller onto the TV show. Right. Yeah. Yes. And they had like the whole, like, I think it was last year. But yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, they brought him on there and I was like, that's so cool. Like just that now and showing that there is a multiverse. Right. And that these characters are all existing. Um, Momoa won me over in this yeah, absolutely. one. Because again, yeah. those little interactions, they, 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 they help and, yeah. and they, they make sense. As opposed to in the Whedon version, he's just more like, He's kind of like the. Are we really doing this kind of thing? Like, yeah, or like just like he has something to say about everything, and kind of more like, well, then why are you here? Like, why are you helping? Like, yeah, and it explained how he got the trident. Yes, you know, it explained where he got his stuff from versus like him just rolling up with everything there. Like again, like I know I mentioned off air where it's like you know comic books, like we don't necessarily need that explanation, but just the fact that you know just if Walco had it the whole time, just made so much more sense. Willem Dafoe, another I know. heavy hitter, man. That's like, right. You just see him, like, he's just there. Well, yeah. Here's Willem Dafoe for a few minutes. Yeah. Fucking awesome. I guess that's my only problem with the color palette was you, underwater was kind of a little bit too dark. Yeah. You couldn't see sometimes. I liked how James Wan did it. Yes. More oh, so yeah. than uh, Steiner as far as them not needing air bubbles to talk underwater. Right. And, like, you see that when they did communicate underwater, there were, like, dolphin chirps, mm. which I get. Like, it's a cool way of thinking. Yeah. But, like James Wan put it, is hell, these people have, like, lived underwater for hundreds of years. Like, more than likely, they've created the need, the way of talking to each other. So, yeah. I did like the way 
uh, I guess James Wan handled underwater more so than Snyder. But I, I like them both. I, I mean, I, I don't want to compare them because, again, they're two different director styles. But right. I love the Atlanteans' armor mm. in Justice League because it seemed more like an, an ancient race. Yes, there we go. Yeah. You know, I loved what James Wan did with the Atlanteans. They were like, they're, they're a fucking technological marvel. You know, there's like this, you know, city underneath the, the ocean. So it was great the way they did it, too. Very, like... You know, like he, the way James Wan put it is that we don't really know what's in our oceans because mm-hmm. we've explored more of space than we have of our own oceans. So sure. I like that, that sure. it's very alien underneath. So he definitely would. I love the way the Atlanteans looked. It's just it was super like an ancient race of warriors. So awesome. Um, another thing I like that improved uh, in this version as opposed to the Warner cut. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep saying Warner too because they had a hand in this too. I'm not gonna yeah. blame it all on Whedon. So that's why I'm saying that. Um, one of my favorite tropes in movies is when you get a crew together, and yes, you all have different uh, styles and egos, but they come together and to face a bigger threat, mm-hmm. and they just come up and they work together. In the Warner cut, there's a lot of friction and a lot of... Oh, like, yeah. Uh, Unnecessary them, friction. Like, in Avengers, I get it, and that's what they were trying to establish. Like, oh, these guys are egomaniacs. Well, they that's should, what it was. They shouldn't be in the same team. That's what it was. It was Avengers. They were fighting with each other egos yeah. versus hey, let's... The, weed, the, weed, the Warner cut of Justice League. It was more of like, hey, you know, let's all be assholes to each other because yeah. we all like are from, come from different walks of life. So. so I loved in this movie there was, I mean, there was some friction in some parts, but for the most part, they're all like one of my favorite scenes. And I, I love a good tabletop oh, yeah. where the camera's panning around. Yep. They're all giving their own little insights. And they do that in the Warner cut too, but that, that's just more bitching to each other. Here right. More, they were more cohesive. Well, that's what another thing that I loved about this one is like they all agreed on bringing Superman back. Yes. It wasn't Bruce Wayne like bullying them into it and having to make, you know, talk shit to Wonder Woman about her ex boyfriend. Yeah. It was unnecessary conflict. And like he didn't go and like, I promise this is the only way. And she's like, enough, Bruce. Like it has to yeah. be like how it was in the, the original or the theatrical. Right. It was a more of like, yeah, let's do this kind of thing. And it showed, like, how smart the Flash and Cyborg were by, like, finishing each other's sentences. Kind of like, you know, yeah. the change engine, this is what it does. And, like, it just shows that, hey, they're, like, the geniuses on the team. Like, they're the ones that actually have that scientific background, so. Uh, real quickly, back to the Flash. Uh, the cemetery scene where they're digging up yeah. Ken's body. Just little touches mm-hmm. that make you uh, make you care more about the character. I think in the, in the Whedon version, I think they're just quipping the whole yeah. time. As opposed to, like... They quip in the in the Snyder version too, but Flash throws in real quickly. Hey, this guy was my hero. Man. Exactly I right. Like, yeah. Fuck, like yeah. You see, he cares about Clark Kent. He cares, cares about Superman. Yeah. You, in, in that sense, you care more about Barry Allen because yeah. He shows the, the more symbol. human side. Yeah, it shows like how meaningful the symbol of Superman was to yeah, every sure. to you know. Maybe that's the reason why the Flash started building a suit and starting to do stuff is because of Superman. Yeah. So again, these little touches matter and they help build the character. So I, I enjoyed that a lot. So again, my favorite trope: team coming together, everybody throwing in their insights and to accomplish a goal. And even in the buildup to them bringing uh, Clark Kent Superman back, is very feels more heavy. Mm-hmm. There's more angst, like oh shit, like well, are yeah. they doing the right thing? Are they not? But right? They're all doing it as a team. Well, that and you know you have the little thing where Cyborg's dad is trying to prove himself to his son. So when they evacuate everybody from Star Labs and he sees them. And, oh, I love that fucking yeah. shot. And he's just like, no, like, you know, 
I'm here for you, son, kind of thing. So he's like, oh, no, get everybody out of here. And like yeah, he clears, yeah. the, he helps clear the place out. And it's just like him trying to redeem himself in his son's eyes by doing anything he can to help him out. Um, some of the little quips that they did leave out of the weed and cut that they brought into this one, I enjoyed a little bit more. Like, uh, I dig the Ocean's Eleven vibe a little bit between yeah. Diana and Bruce. Uh, like the whole... Oh, is Aquaman going to help? Oh, yeah. uh, More or less. And she's like, more, more, or more or less? Fuck. They left that out of the original. And I was like, where was that line? And it was in this one. I'm like, Mm -hmm. ah, dude. I I enjoy those little moments between Bruce and Diana. Even the little sexual tension. Yeah. As opposed to them, like, frictioning for no reason. Right. Uh, So, yeah. So, great improvement on that. That was my second biggest like of the movie. Anything else? Yeah, I know we're we're kind of, like, going through the movie here. But to go back to the beginning, when when Stepan, like, I remember seeing people, like, being mad for other people. So, they were, there was folks online that were being mad for the way Zack Snyder dressed his Amazons. Oh, it was yeah, very yeah. like American Gladiator style, where like their midriffs were showing. You know, like oh, he's like over sexualizing these women, and some of them came to the defense. They're like, hey, if I'm like gonna be fighting all day, like I want something comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you know, like I don't need all like he's like I don't need my fucking abs to be covered up, kind of thing. And then in this version, you know, like we really didn't get to see so many of the Amazons as far as like the the Warner cut of it. Yeah, but yeah. in this one, you know, there's that line where it's like Amazons, like you know. Sisters like show me, show him your fear, and like we have no fear, and it's just so empowering. And you yeah. okay, you see that, you know, Zach wasn't being sexist; he was just empowering the yeah, yeah. the race of women. I agree with that. People just all are always looking for things. Yeah, you know. But I, I think he did a great job with that. Those scenes are fantastic, and yeah, you feel the gravity too more because like you know he just cut his way out of the cave in the Warner Cut, but in this one they just launched the whole thing into the water, and all those like Amazons in there died. Yeah. So and the whole thing collapsed, right? Yeah, yeah. You feel this. more like love the loss that you they're know, more Wonder in the Woman's, story, yeah, as opposed to like shit. Like they're not cannon fodder. Yeah, and like oh, the mother box is going. Why is it going off? Like oh shit, they know what's going on. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Just overall, great job in how everything's presented in the exposition. Uh, again, this is about like there's like an hour and a half of them like just introducing everybody and all yeah. this. Cool, I get that. I'm all good with that. You can tighten up some stuff. But, man, once once you get to, like, part four, guys, and, again, apologies. For those of you that have been listening, this is all spoilers from since from a long time ago. So if you haven't seen it, put, hit pause and go watch the movie right. and come back and hit play. Or, or what is it? I think it's, like, a 48-hour, 40, you know, I mean, hell, we've, the movie came out Thursday at 2, right, right. 2 a.m. It's now Monday. At, yeah. <laughs> or those whatever that have time you're to listening it, to this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I'll, yeah, but just wanted to throw that out there. But if you've been listening still, thank you for, for keeping up with us. Um, where are we at? So we're, I don't know, let's see. Anything else that you want to dive into? There's just, there's so much shit. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even talked about Cyborg. Let's talk, oh God. The like, fa- we, how, how long is it until the Whedon cut where he shows up and it's like, and even then you barely get any backstory or That's what I mean. Him. I mean, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get into it, but I mean, you can understand why Ray's angry. Like, all oh, the yeah, stuff yeah. that he's been saying nowadays. Like, you, you understand, like, the amount of screen time they cut out of Cyborg, amount of his story, is it's criminal. Uh-huh. Like, they did him dirty in the Warner cut versus what, how he was the heart and soul of that movie, of, For sure. of the Snyder Command. The whole, I know they've come out with memes, like the stimulus check memes, one out about him, like, you know, helping that lady out. But it's like, like he's like the first superhero to, I guess, realize that, like, poverty and combat poverty as a villain versus, yeah. you know, 
of alien. Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing I enjoyed about this movie that they kept that term alien very minimal. Yeah. It's all over the weed and cut. Alien, alien. Yeah. Even this weird scene before they cut to Lois and Martha where there's like it's like a television news show. Oh yeah, when the lady's like, I'm gonna and and my like, husband got abducted kind of thing and he's been probed <laughs> what the fuck is going on like, yeah it makes no sense and, and and it cuts to just some weird scene between lois and martha where they're fucking quipping about being thirsty you're the thirstiest <laughs> oh my god why does everybody quip in that movie oh fuck you marvel for <laughs> expecting that out of every character right um guy got distracted we were, we were talking about cyborg cyborg yeah uh He's introduced within seconds of the Snyder cut. Yep. So you get to you get him in right away. You get more of his backstory. Again, I'm not full on like diehard know everything about all these characters. So it was good to see some more Ray Fisher. And he's relatively new. I don't I don't know if he's been in other stuff. He was in True Detective. Oh, okay. Uh, the last season of True oh, Detective. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't watch. He that. played um, Marshawn Ali's son. But he's in, like, the... been in fairly just few stuff, right? This yeah. Is really I think old. it was his his breakout thing was this. So and he's good in the role. Like, there's some actors like, oh shit, like they have no business being right casted or whatever. He did a pretty decent job. Like, I don't know if I'd be totally invested in a cyborg movie. I'm cool with him being a character in in a team up like this. But you know, I think he did a, a good enough job, and they explained him more and gave you more reason to care about him and even the Joe Morton character again. Another always reliable heavy mm-hmm. side character. You know, you go back to the days where he played Dyson. It's almost like the yeah. same character. Even almost suffers the same fate. In right. This one. I forgot that he lives through in the in the yeah Warner he lives through in the in the Warner cut. But you you give him more more heavy weight, having him like die off in this one, and giving Cyborg more of a reason to yeah. to go on. And, and the way he dies being like like marking the box versus right, right. like yeah. But that's what I you know the way they did Cyborg in this one is you know like they cut out so much of his power, so much of his like. In the comic books, like Cyborg is like he's connected to the internet, like he's connected to everything. He's like a, like a he's like a god versus like for technology kind of thing. I mean, there's a few uh, relatively newer comic book lines, like there's one called um, Deceased, where it's like the anti life equation ends up turning like everybody into zombies. Yeah, but and it's through Cyborg because Dark Side uploads the anti life equation to Cyborg, oh. and everybody gets it through the internet. So. They, this mass extinction basically because of cyborg because of how key he is to the technological age that we're in and you really feel that weight in this one versus how he was um in the first one and another thing too is the way they explain the mother boxes in this one like it's a change engine like it took it replaced the parts of me that were gone yeah and they get all scientific as far as like mass and like you know what is it like you uh, you you get smoke out of burning down a house, but the mother box takes the smoke and turns it into a house kind of yeah. thing. So I, I really like the way they did that versus like, oh, how Stepan was like, you're made of the mother kind of. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, <laughs> just little things matter in the way you present them. So yeah. Really good job on that. A um, couple of uh, stuff that they kept from the Warner's cut in this one, but they were drastically changed. And the first one I want to go back to is the the Batman Flash uh, first meetup. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't paying too much attention, but in the Snyder cut, or in the Warner's cut, Batman's brooding there in that chair waiting for Barry Allen, and there's a fucking K-pop yep. video playing in the background. Yep. Is that in the Snyder cut? No. Okay, just, I was like, no. what the fuck yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah. Just, and it's like K-pop music playing yeah. and everything, yeah. 
why? Yeah. I mean, I had nothing against K-pop, but I mean, shit. Like Batman's there brooding. Like, how am I supposed to take that seriously? Right. Like, when you got blaring in the background. Yeah. Um, so little differences, little subtle differences yep. change the tone. Um, the other one was uh, the Diana when they're trying to get a hold of Cyborg, mm-hmm. and in the Snyder cut, it's all this cool like messing around with the computer. Yeah. Like this, and as find a, me now. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the Warner's cut, it turns into like a black screen. Yeah. Apple like typing like. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like very like like war games kind of thing. Yeah, like, I was like, like, yeah. Well, all these little things matter. Like into it not being as cheesy in the Warner's, it's super cheesy with both of those scenes. Yeah, and here it's like okay, cool. It's a little bit more taken more serious. And again, you may be listening to this and being thinking like that's such a little thing, Palace. Why are you making such a big deal out of it? No, it matters. Like, it does. It, it, it really does. The whole tone. It, absolutely. I'm the telling you, watch that. Thing. Watch the Arthur Curry Batman. Uh, Whedon cut version that first interaction between them and then go to the Snyder cut and see the way they interact there and it's a total shift in tone like it matters so check up on that I promise you it's different absolutely uh, obviously none of the stupid must mustache BS uh, is in here so what you got of Henry Cavill's all the original footage that was shot none of the reshoots um, how did you like the handling of his resurrection and the whole? It was so much more, I guess, I don't know, organic's probably not the right word for it. But, like, you know, the guy was dead for, you know, a few months, however long it was, you know, yeah, the time that, that jump was. Yeah, uh, thing I didn't understand how much time had passed. I think it was, I think it's like six, six or eight months, I okay. want to say. It's, it's enough time for Bruce Wayne to grow a big ass beard and go yeah. find Aquaman. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> And it was so much handled so much more organically. Like, yeah, he woke up and, you know, he kind of had to regain who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, it's basically like people would slip into a coma and they wake up like, oh, where am I at? And it's like, okay, well, here it is. And, you know, it was a little bit more given to you on a plate in the the Whedon one where it's like, if you're the first thing he sees when he wakes up and it's like, in this one, you knew it. It was like, you knew how BBS ended. And what happened right before Doomsday was Batman kicking the shit out of Superman. So yeah. you you understand the frustration. And then of course the first thing he does, and you see is like he sees people, and then Cyborg shoots at him because of like the arm, you know, the armor. So you get it; it's more understandable his reaction. Mm-hmm. So I like. I mean, I liked it. I liked that they threw the OG Jimmy Olsen in there as the cop. Oh right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, little touches like that. Um, but it makes it more sense of why Lois was so there so quickly. Yes. Versus like, oh, that's a very big gun kind of thing. Like, oh, bring the big guns in. It's like, no, she went and visited it every day. And then she just had to be walking home and she heard the shit go down. So, Albert, Albert, yeah. The big gun. yeah. <laughs> so it just, it, it was, it, it flowed better again. It wasn't like, why, why would he do that? Like, why would Alfred roll up in the limo and say, oh, here's Lois. Like, yeah. don't shoot. Yeah. Um, also less dialogue. Yeah. Uh, I noticed also when they're, He's not all right. Yeah, the, too much Aquaman talking to shut yeah. the fuck up. Just fight and stand there yeah. and look look good. That's all you got to yeah. do. That's the whole point of the shot. So a little less talking with some of these characters and more of the gravitas stature of them. Uh, they're, that's why the slow motion scenes work because you don't need these fucking characters talking exactly. all the time. It's just You need to see them in action. Yep. That's what you pay to see. You know, They don't need to be fucking Chris Pratt. Like, oh my God, like I got, I got Got to get in the weight room. Yeah. You know, just all these little shit that Marvel's uh, spoiled the audience with. Yeah. Um, so I know this is a 
listening thing, but I want to show you this picture I found. This is a prime example of one of the Whedon reshoots. Same scene, how it's just reshot. Ah, yes. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, that's a main, like, one of the main differences there is, like, it's the same scene, but... Yeah. It's little subtle differences that could... Like, that bottom picture totally distracts you, obviously, for... For for the right for yeah. obvious reasons for obvious reasons yeah. but um, yes these little details that Snyder um, court course corrected or maybe how he just always had it in yeah. general um, again little things like you know yes Batman is in awe when Superman's coming at him in the Snyder cut as opposed to in the Warner's cut he's literally his jaws on the floor like yeah. Ah. <laughs> And he's like quivering. There's yeah. moments in this movie where Batman's quiver in, in the Whedon cut, where Batman's quivering at the lip and, and stuttering. And uh, I, I, I don't not like you. God, bless. that's where I my soul died in that. Yeah, movie. I was just like, man, I, I, I gave shit earlier about like artists are right for their interpretation, but that's not Batman. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's not the Batman that's been was set up in BBS. Or even or even, in, even in most iterations, right? Uh, you know, surf for the Adam West, but even then, like, yeah, you never you never saw him afraid or or scared of anybody. Nope. He was always yep. in charge. And he that's he, not he never missed was. a chance to smack somebody with you know letters popping out. So, and I'm trying to think why that is, and I I don't know if you saw my tweet. I think I have a theory. Oh, I, what? I why Batman's very very a geek? Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we didn't wanted to make Iron Man like. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Batman, yeah. so. He made Batman out to look like a total like little bitch, yeah, because he favors Iron Man and that that character more. That's the only explanation I have for why they turned that character that way because it makes no sense. It's a very bold accusation, but it's very it, it holds weight. It holds a lot of weight. I, I, I'm going to stand firm with that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason why it needed to happen, but it happened. Let's see what else. What else can we dive into here? Uh, talked about Clark. Talked about the Flash. I mean, we talked heroes. I mean, look at the the villains. I mean, Steppenwolf. Damn. Just completely. I do not different. remember Steppenwolf looking that bad in, yeah. in the Whedon cut. It was bad. It blacked it out. Yeah. And so I saw it last night, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah. Snyder again, just little touches, and and not just the face look, but the the armor and everything. The threatening too. Yeah. look of him, supposed to like the Warner's cut. He looks like he looks like just a regular guy, body wise. Right. And then the Steppenwolf head, and yeah. just very weird. But even just see his motivation, I mean, he's bitching about his mother and the Whedon cut. And then this one, he wants to get back in Darkseid's good graces because yeah. he betrayed him some way. And it's, it's, he's got more of an agenda. So he's fighting. He's ruthless because he's, you know, he's doing whatever the fuck he can to get back to the court of Darkseid. In that pod I was listening to, they were complaining like, oh, there's too much Steppenwolf here as opposed to like other stuff. But well, you're getting an explanation of what this guy yeah. is and what his motives are. So you kind of need those scenes right. uh, as opposed to the, Warner cut where it's just like he pops out out of nowhere in the Amazon or I forgot what is it, what is it called the Demoscura Demoscura yeah and he shows up out of nowhere and he's just bouncing around and you don't really get a feel for what he is and what his background is yeah. and uh, in the Warner's cut he's part of that battle with the Amazons and the Atlanteans yeah it's him not Dark not Dark Side yeah. so that's a, again a total change in the actual story of what Snyder originally wanted to do yeah what what do you think made them want to go with Steppenwolf as the big bad in that one as opposed to I mean he still is but it's he's more of a pawn leading to the bigger thing. So honestly, and it, it's I've seen a couple of things on this, and the reason why they went with him was because how 
Dark Side and Thanos are so similar as mm-hmm. far as like world ending characters that this was around the Thanos era, right? To the point where they wanted they didn't want anybody, and I don't understand. I think they also don't give comic book fans or even movie fans enough credit in this matter as far as like differentiating villains. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want two villains that are like almost carbon copies of each other. True. Around the same time. That's honestly, like, I saw it, and it's super credible. Like, you're over here, like, with your Iron Man theory. The reason why Desaad wasn't in the OG cut of Justice League was because his character looks so similar to Corvus uh, Glaive, or Grave, the um, one of uh, Thanos' children. Oh, right, right. And Is that the Ebony Ma or something like that? No, not Ebony Ma. The one that uh, Captain America and them fight on the train station. Oh, okay, okay. The one with the hood. The one that gotcha. Vision stabs at the end of that. He, they look so similar as far as, like, the hood and whatnot. But yet... Snyder had Desaad first, yeah. like he had him created for you know I guess CGI populated before Corvus, but mm-hmm. Marvel was the big king at the time, so right. that's why they felt like oh you know there's conspiracy theories as, as long as the day is, but a lot of people are like oh it was an inside job because you know Whedon was good with Marvel and he came over there to sabotage and take mm-hmm. out these these like characters. Yeah. And I don't necessarily put too much stock into that because I would hope to think that, like I said earlier, is that people believe in other artists' vision. Right. But that's why I think that they changed it to Steppenwolf was just because Thanos and Darkseid are way similar. And just having basically two of the same villain in two different stories at the same time was just too much. Gotcha. Um, I enjoyed the, the first fight that they have with Steppenwolf, which comes in part four mm-hmm. in that movie. And the Whedon cut, it's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, the scenes don't really make sense. The action-wise here, right when part four kicks off, like, I'm right into it. You know what everybody's character's doing. Nobody's quipping. Again, it's right. all a bunch of fucking, like, yeah. everyone's playing it straight. The action's moving. This is what you want to see on the big screen and with these characters. One of the best lines in the trailer is in the movie, when Cyborg looks at Batman and it's like, I heard the stories about you. I didn't think you were real. And yes. he's like, I'm real when it's used to. And it's like, that's a, that's, that's a <laughs> Batman line, man. Yeah. Because, you know, the only people that know that he exists are the people that he, you know, beats the shit out of. So yeah. everybody else thinks he's a myth, and there's the myth in the flesh. It's amazing. That's amazing. Little lines there that, that help build the Batman character and help build his aura. and his Yeah, mystique. the mythos, yeah, yeah, behind him. Love it. Um, and I can like, everybody stay together in the flash. It's like, okay, and just takes off. And it's like, that's like a flash thing. So it's <laughs> so it's so good. Um, you do get more J.K. Simmons in the Whedon cut, right. I think. Because they right. add in the, the reshoot of the afterwards and talk about all the damage and Aquaman is like ha ha I did I did get a I love his chuckle he's like ha ha like, yeah. you weren't kidding man like you dressed like a bat and I, and I did like the <laughs> I you know that's the thing is like I like I like the part in the Whedon cut when he's like it's good to see you working like working with others again he's like it may be temporary like I like that because <laughs> you have you know Gordon and Batman have been doing it for twenty years mm. obviously Robin exists. Because his suit's there, so there was a point in time where Batman had allies. Yeah. So Gordon would have known that. So I like that about the Whedon as they threw that in there because it's, I mean, it's it's not not it's not not true. Yeah. So, and they have that relationship where Gordon can talk shit to Batman. Yeah. I love when Affleck turns it up to a hundred whenever he's doing his uh, his little speeches on on his reasoning. Here it was more like he's talking about faith a lot more. Yeah. And taking chances, kind of like that. That's more with my kind of spirit. Um, but I love his. What did you think of his line in the in the Snyder cut where he's like, 
this red cape charges back and I was like Ooh. oh yeah Ooh, oh my so god oh like yeah just you know when he brings the intensity like yeah. there's nobody better well because it that line was in the trailer but by Alfred said like don't wave the red cape but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and I like that there was an an ending to that line like a comeback and yeah, yeah. oh that was so good oh man uh Affleck's so good <laughs> please come back mm. uh, so, <laughs> I didn't want it but now I want it yeah I can change my mind fanboys so you deal with it um let's see what else uh but like in like I, again, you know, I've, I've always talked about I love small scenes. Like again, you know, let's fast forward a little bit to the end when he takes down the tower and he crashes the plane. All the parademons are trying to get into like the ship. He gets in the fucking car. They open it up and you know what's coming. The lights come on. And he flies through and just and like yeah. that's so badass. Like the way he does that, and it's such a nod back to like BVS when and the port they're driving through and the lights come on yeah. and there's the Batmobile and the same thing this one like. I guess I just what it, also in that scene in the Whedon cut. There's the classic uh, Aquaman Batman banter, like you really are crazy or whatever. Yeah. He's like, I didn't bring a bitch. For yeah, it. I didn't. Bring but there's yeah. none of that. Here. It's all straight. They're fucking team. They're yeah. teammates or whatever. Those little changes matter. Yeah, man. take takes you out of it when you when you see Batman. There's a lot of more grunting, grunting, and uh, in yeah. the in the, in the Whedon cut. I noticed that also. Yeah. A lot of like, oh, uh, like well, Batman making just weird noises. And I think thing. it's it's the the scene when they first fight Steppenwolf. My wife made a comment that like Batman had a weird voice because like he yelled and like he had the the voice modulator. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, look at his character. Like he's never had to yell before. Like every time he talks to a criminal, or whatever, he's always like very calm and collected, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe a little like angry. But at that point, like he's pushing his technology to the point because he has to convey so much emotion because of everything that's going on around him like it's he's never faced a villain like that before so it's you know it's super subtle hints and i don't mean to dissect it that much but it's like well yeah like he's pushing like the voice modulator works when you're talking like this not when you're yelling at the top of your lungs so yeah i like that's a good explanation yeah like that um let's get here towards the the climactic final moments of the movie um I loved the when they meet up finally with Darkseid when that portal. Opened oh up. yeah! Holy shit! What a tease! Oh to my like, god! Just think was supposed to be two movies, right? Three, three movies, three movies. Uh, I don't know if they were going to be back to back or or whatever. I think like a year because that's the thing is all these these solo films are supposed to lead up to right. Justice League, and then it was supposed to be like Justice League like back to back. I don't I don't I think like every year kind of like how it was with Infinity War and Endgame. Because that could have been the dark side could have been a stinger the way Marvel does it right. at the end or the way end of the yeah. credits. Here they like it's building up in this fight with Steppenwolf. Boom, boom, boom! They getting everything done. The whole thing with the Flash is super dramatic and heavy. They blow it, and then he does the whole like yeah. time reversal thing. And yep. I was like, "Fuck! I've seen this done on the CW show, but not, it was just so much better on a bigger scale. On I mean, a bigger scale, obviously. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, you're going from like movie money versus <laughs> right, CW right. money. No, so, but the fact that I remember that he can do this, yeah, and like cor- like kind of like no, I can erase it and go back, yeah. even though it's. There's gonna be consequences. Well, that's what he to even it. said. He goes yeah. like, I, he's like, I don't break that rule because shit yeah. starts to happen. Yeah. So, so I love that. It brings more weight to the, makes Flash more integral yeah. to the story. So he course corrects that, and then obviously that tease with Dark Side where they they all fucking stare down at each other like roar, fucking Survivor Series matches about to happen yeah. with these characters, and then the portal shuts off. And it's like, goddamn, what a tease. Um, so that wraps up, and the movie 
you can really end it whenever the way the same way the Whedon cut it, yeah. where you're cutting to all these characters and where they're at. Superman shows right. his shit at the end. Before you go to that, I want to go back to when Superman shows up at the fight mm-hmm. real quick. Is he starts with a one liner? Yeah, like he did in the Whedon cut, but it's such a better one liner. Oh, for sure. Than he did in the Whedon cut when he's like, "I'm a fan of truth as well oh, as justice," yeah. and you're like, and "God even, damn!" It doesn't, like, it doesn't even sound like Cavill. That was one of my problems yeah. with Whedon cut. Why he's like, "Why does he? Yeah, why does he sound like?" That? Or like when he's in the Whedon cut when he's one of the buildings like Slowpoke, and it's like, <laughs> like the, he's too campy, too quick. Like Superman's like that, but like that's like a zero to sixty change. But like that one when the axe comes down, lands on him, and he's like not impressed, and it's like, "Fuck yeah. yes!" Yeah. Like, Oh, real quickly, also, what, what was up with the Chernobyl family? In oh, the yeah, in the weed, I don't know. Is that some more like, oh, there's humans in this world? But you get that this is a world full of gods yeah. and monsters and whatever. Right. So you kind of forget the human element but of it. I would, I'd be okay with if it was just at the end there when they're like, oh, there's civilians in the area. Not the fact that it kept cutting back to this yes. family throughout the whole movie. And like, oh, like the scene with the bug spray. And it's like, the fuck? <laughs> what was my tweet like? I'm already. I'm dealing with the bullshit. I don't need a distraction from the bullshit. Right, with Just more leave bullshit. Me with the BS. Yeah, Just leave me with the BS. Yeah. So I'm glad that's completely that was completely scrapped. I'm sure it was all reshot. Um, but yeah, um, freaking Flash. Yeah. But yeah, but talking about like the end, like when you say the characters kind of go off on their way. So that's how like Aquaman, the Aquaman movie opens up. Is they explained it, um, and you get to see it more now. Is where it ends. He tells Mara, like, fuck off, like, you know, like, I don't, I ain't dealing with your shit, I'm not gonna fight Orm, whatever, and then he leaves to go see his dad. Yeah. Then Aquaman happens where they attack the sub, and he's on his way back, and he just happens to do that, because it's still, like, it's Russians and whatnot in okay. that, you know, in, in the beginning of Aquaman, it's a Russian sub and whatnot, so that's what it is, he's already in the area, he takes it down, and then he goes, and then Aquaman starts, and that's how Mara's supposed to come back in it again, where she, like, basically followed him home. To keep trying to like, hey, like let's do this, let's do this. So that's how it it just it it flowed better. Again, like I use that word all the time, but it's just you know the way James Wan talked. He goes, yeah, Aquaman picks up right after Justice League ends. Okay, and that's why they made the comment like you helped defeat Steppenwolf, and it's like that wasn't for you. So, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I really want to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, I probably will sometime soon. Um, so we're about an hour and forty in, and <laughs> sold this to Tyler off. Off air, there's like four parts to this pod. There's not six or seven the way it was in the Snyder yeah. Cut. So we've, we've covered at least two points already. So I want to come already to the third if you're ready for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, I want to talk about the epilogue of this movie. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of setup. And more specifically, there's a lot of setup for Batman. Uh-huh. And I want to know, if, first of all, from let's talk, let's talk from a story perspective. So... The stinger in the Warner's cut comes at the very end of the credits with uh, Luther on the boat and Deathstroke, and you're introduced. In that version, they're talking about getting a, a, their own a team, team together. together. In this version, it comes in the movie, but it's more to lead Deathstroke to Batman. Yeah. So was that supposed to lead into the solo Batman yep. movie? Is because okay. Deathstroke blames Batman for killing his son. Mm. And he wants revenge. So the original plan was that Deathstroke breaks Lex out of prison. And then he's calling in his favor. So that's why he shows up or whatever it is like that. And then, you know, he wants... And that's when Lex gives him, you know, in the the Snyder one, when he gives him Batman's name. And that leads into the Batman movie. So that was supposed to lead up to the Deathstroke versus Batman okay. solo film. 
So there's that point. So I was like, okay, that's weird. If this is supposed to be like a one-off closure thing, why why not just keep the same, like, we yeah. can get a team together. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. You could tease it that way at least down the road. This one kind of like leads you to believe, like, okay, something may be coming with that. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, this was looks like it's from the original version, so I'll let it be. Yeah. Then we get to the nightmare scene. Right. All right. And that also comes out of nowhere, but also like, okay, I get it also. Now... I wanted to ask you, was this, we'll, we'll dissect the scene right now, but was this reshot footage or was this uh, that was that existing? was That was what he reshot. That okay, was, so that, that was everything, the nightmare sequence was everything that he reshot, I guess, last year, beginning of this year, whatever okay. it was, yeah. So with Deathstroke yeah. and uh, Mara, Mara and, Flash, yeah. and, and Cyborg. Mm-hmm. So we get that scene there. And there was also supposed to be one other person on his Nightmare Justice League, which was Will Smith's Deadshot. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so this is where we get the appearance of Jarrett Leto again as Joker, right. which I've been, I I was excited for it before Suicide Squad, but then when I saw the movie, I'm like, eh, whatever with him. He did a good job here in this one little scene, just because any interaction with Batman and Joker is always fucking, it's almost, that's better than like an Ant-Man movie, just their little yeah. interaction is way better than like a Marvel side movie, because um, they always have like interesting dialogue, because they're... They're always they're two sides of the same coin. Right. That's, that's the best part of why you can never beat a Batman Joker combination. Well, I mean, it's it's Batman will break his rule of killing and kill the Joker and that solve all his problems. And the same thing, Joker won't kill Batman because he has nothing. What is he going to? What is he, he going to do after that? Right. Yeah. Um. So the look of him was way better in this. None of that yeah. silly words like. Well, he saw he saw the grill. Right, but yeah. it looked—you could see all the blood, and yeah. it looked like it looked more menacing. He was right. more menacing there. Although I did like the J tattoo on the eye. Mm-hmm. Like I think if if I had to save like a few tattoos from the uh, suicide one, I would do the J because I don't know for some reason I just because also in the comics whenever he takes Jason Todd, he like brands him mm-hmm. with like a J on that side. So like it doesn't bother me as much the J, but like the damage was stupid. Gotcha. And a few of the other ones, like I don't know, maybe the smiley face on the hand that was cool, but I also like how Odell Beckham Jr. used it in the, in uh, the NFL. <laughs> nice, but um, so that scene's going on, and there's a lot, there's a lot of Batman shit going on here. Yeah, it's Joker explaining that he's responsible for all this, and you need me, and uh, all this and that, and Batman's even interaction with Mara, like yeah, you fucking know what I've lost or whatever. Shit, what, I was like, what's going on here, Deathstroke here? So in my mind, I'm like. Okay, is this all new footage, and, and why are they leaning so much? Like, as if, if they're going to continue this on? So, this this was supposed to be Justice League three. Like the scene here, like it, it referenced it, but this was basically they're supposed to come back to it in the in the last Justice League movie. Okay, they the Snyder, I guess someone posted the original plan for the Justice League movies. Snyder himself said he's already started to kind of like rewrite it and stuff. But the second movie was supposed to be like. The fall of Superman when Darkseid took over Superman and then got the anti-life equation. And then this was Batman's resistance, which was the new Justice League, to get the Flash to go back in time to warn Bruce about Superman and change history. So all that stuff that happens in BVS, that's all part of it. Right. So in that whole nightmare sequence, is it, is it a continuation of that? Or yeah, is it a different it's scene? a continuation of okay. that. Like it's that yeah. all makes sense. Now. It all yeah. connects. Um, so again, there's a lot of Batman there at yeah. the end, and then clearly, I know the final shot of the movie was yeah. reshot because Ben Affleck looks fucking amazing. Yeah. He looks healthy, yep. uh, tip top shape. 
and they bring and then the Martian Manhunter yeah. shows up and talks about how there's you know another war coming and Darkseid's still out there. But then, like, why am I reading all this? Like, this was supposedly like a one-off and done. Why would he reshoot all of this if there's not going to be any rumblings of possibly continuing this? Because forward? I think he, like, like you said at the beginning of this, you know, it was it was closing a chapter of his life, right. and I don't think he felt that he could leave it unfinished. You know, whether it was a cliffhanger or not, is that he finished the movie how he wanted to originally present it? Okay. With, with even yeah, including if it teases exactly, you know, why rewrite a plan you had just based off of like, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere, so let me create a whole new ending. But like, let me, you know, let me do my original plan. Let me do my original thing. Mm. So that's what I think was everything was in there was new scenes based on how he wanted it to go. So I mean, as a filmmaker, I probably would have done that too. But can you agree that it could also end on that shot of Superman? Oh yeah. And, like, the other stuff, like, it literally feels like it's left in there to want you, like, fuck, I yeah. want more of this. Which it did. It did its yeah. job. So, I don't know. I don't know if I believe these uh, rumors of, like, you know, Snyder's done with this or whatever. Like, I mean, like, you, again, like you said, it's just he's he's closed that chapter. I don't think he's, like, I think, you know, just, like, same thing. Like, Patty Jenkins was done after one Wonder Woman movie. And, right. like, they showed her a good script or whatever. And, like, okay, I'll do it again. So, I feel that. You know, anyone who has a passion project, now that Ben Affleck is, I guess, showing more interest in it again, he's passionate about the role again, the cards are, the dominoes are falling, everything's starting to get back in that, like, hey, let's revisit this, you know, you've had time to grieve, you've had time to find the closure, let's start a new chapter. So, I would love to see it continue, and I hope that it does. So, what's coming first? Is it going to be the Flash movie or Aquaman? Uh, I think it's I mean, the Flash has already started production, so okay. I want to say it's Flash. So it's going to build off of this good rapport. So the yeah. box office for that is going to see some. And then Black Adam, because I know they're already starting to build sets oh, for Black is. Adam. But <laughs> well, that one's still to me that is not real until there's a trailer or something. Right. Like speaking of which, you know, just to touch on that, so I watched the oh god to all the boys I've loved forever, or whatever chick flicky Netflix shit yeah, on yeah. there. My wife watched it and I tuned in. But the guy that plays Adam Smasher is in that movie, Noah Centurno or something oh, like okay, his name is. is. Yeah. He's in Black Adam as Adam Smasher. Uh-huh. So Adam Smasher is like this big motherfucker, like this buff ass character. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know when exactly that to all the boys was filmed, but like if he's needing to bulk up to go up against this, uh, someone the size of the rock, yeah, he, needs, he, needs he needs to gain a lot more. Okay. So just like how they're bitching about Robert Pattinson not being able to welcome enough, like this motherfucker needs, yeah, yeah, like he needs to start working out with the Rock. So um, that leads to the final point: is uh, what do you what do you think happens now? Predictions on anything? We have this cut already in our lives. It's for the most part, I want to say it's above like above seventy percent as far as like approval, like from. Oh, okay. critics yeah, and, critics and, and fans. And fans. It's the second highest, it. ra- a second highest rating on IMBD behind uh, comic book character, or comic movies behind uh, the Dark, Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah, awesome. So it's got, it's gonna just build. Yeah, like, it's like the, I think, it's not gonna go away. It's not gonna be like, oh, this was yeah. cool. Like, I think it's the highest rated DCEU movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's up there as far as the ratings go. I, I'm confident in saying like this is pro- of this world that that they've created. This is the best thing that they've right. Um, what are any predictions on what you think is gonna happen or 
Because we know we're getting the Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a trilogy also. I don't know. Um, that's going to be exciting. That'll be its own thing. I'm more excited now for Flash, obviously, because of this. Obviously, I want to see. would love to see Ben Affleck now return. I don't know in what capacity, but I know I want to see him more as, not just Batman, but as Bruce Wayne. He's He's good in both roles. There's only some of these actors that have done good as only Batman, but they're a bad Bruce Wayne. But they're a good Bruce Wayne, but a bad Batman. Yeah, Ben Affleck's both. He's got yeah, he's, he's the down. full package. I I want to see more. I mean, I would I want to see everything. All this stuff started coming out as far as like what was canceled. Like there was supposed to be a solo Deathstroke movie where I talked about um, like him. And like Joe Maganello, he prepared for it. He started learning sword play. He started yeah. like reading like ancient scrolls and like getting into this role. They canceled like then it was only supposed to be like under two hour origin story of Deathstroke. So it wasn't like this major massive motion picture. But like they, he talked about the plans for that and they're amazing. And it's like all this stuff got canceled in the wake of like the Whedon cut that I really hope stuff starts to get back on track. Maybe like build up to bringing, and of course, like you know, we'll have to see how Affleck feels after the Flash, his his role in the Flash. But I know, and I wanted to mention this earlier when you're talking about like the trades versus like all those fan sites. But I'll tell this to all your podcast listeners: if you listen to a story and believe a story off of We Got This Covered, you're a fucking fool. <laughs> we Got This Covered is the stupidest site yeah. ever. I want to slap everybody that I see on Facebook, share it, but. So we got this coverage reporting that Ben Affleck is more now interested again. Yeah. So I don't believe it until, like he said, you see one of like the trades, the trades, like Variety or something like that actually say it. But I think this is going to start a lot more talks as far sure. as bringing people back. But Henry Cavill needs a sequel yeah. before anybody else gets yeah. anything. You, we need another Superman movie before anybody else gets anything. Gotcha. With with HBO Max now a thing, if I'm heading up that thing, I mean obviously you want content, content, content. But this is, is an excuse. I'd be like, let's give Deathstroke a show. Like well, that's, that's 10 episodes, yeah, whatever. but that's what's so good about it is that HBO Max is owned by AT and T, like the AT and T Warner, and they're the ones that push for the Snyder Cut. Yeah. They're the ones that have that display up in Dallas yeah. of all this stuff. So I think that they're gonna you know kind of. So Warner Brothers like, no, fuck you. We're going to do this. Like, this is what the fans want. This is what's going to make us money. Because mm-hmm. what is it? Like 150 million subscribers just subscribed to HBO Max for the Snyder Cut alone yeah. or something like I'm that. I'm waiting for numbers like that. It, yeah. Fucking exaggerate those numbers. I don't care. Because right. Netflix, you can't trust their numbers. Yeah. They put out their shit. Say, hey, yeah. the Snyder Cut is the most watched movie well, ever on streaming. It's not legally available in China, but yet it's like the most pirated movie in China or something like that. Like, it's breaking records everywhere it's at. Like, in Brazil, it's the number one movie ever kind of um, thing based off of sales alone. Like, yeah. you had to buy it. Like, it was VOD there or whatever. But it's breaking. It It is putting up the numbers that people, like, by far what people expected out of it. So I think talks are going to start up again. Who knows if people are like, I, I think Zack Snyder's gonna need a huge bone, like, thrown his way to come back. Like, hey, full creative control, something, give him what he wants versus, like, any studio interference. Cause he already has a bad taste in his mouth. Right, right. He's gotten a little bit good come out of this one. They gave him money to finish his dream. Yeah. But I think if we want these people back the way that we expect, if we want them to come back, then a lot's gonna have to go their way. I think it's going to happen. I think you'll see a lot of maybe. I know we're so early in the year. Yeah. Towards the later part of the end of the year, right. we start seeing stuff like. Well, when they oh, do fandom again, because they're talking they're about making that an annual thing. So, that's a, it's a lot of fun. So yeah. again, just to recap, 
I was completely wrong. I was also won over. So Zack Snyder, you know, congrats on on putting this vision, your original vision of this movie, uh, onto the screen. Uh, my only regret is I wish. I hope at some point Warner's can be like, hey, let's make a little bit extra dough on this. Put this on the IMAX. The, like if you put this out at the Palladium in like three months, people will. Oh out. yeah, it'll sell out. Oh yeah, I promise you. Like it, this movie. It. I'm glad that we got it the way we got it in its product, but you know this thing deserves a big screen presentation. And again, I want these things to get wild, get wacky with it. That nightmare scene alone, like it just that just looks different. Yeah, like fucking like not your standard like right. end of the world. Like let's save the universe, whatever. It just just looks like. This looks like real apocalyptic yeah. shit, but like, let's get weird with it. I like it. I want to see a whole movie. Uh, I think they've been also. What is it? What's Injustice about? That's so what I keep hearing that that's the other Injustice thing. is different but similar to that. The whole so Injustice starts off with the Joker blowing up a nuke, detonating a nuke in Metropolis, and killing Lois and Superman's like unborn um, child. So. He um, basically is going to kill the Joker. Superman's going to kill the Joker, but Batman does it. Like he basically he he stops Clark, um, and he's like, or no, sorry, that, that's a different one. I mean, that's a different part of Injustice. But essentially, it's like Superman creates like a regime to where he starts like fighting criminals and all this stuff, and it's his own army. Like like you see in the Nightmare sequence, where he's got his own soldiers and Get everything. Weird with it, yeah. And some heroes join him. Like Wonder Woman joins him. Um, the Green Lantern joins him, but he gets a yellow ring, so he becomes a Lantern of Fear. Uh, I want to say the Flash joins him as well, and Shazam, because I think I I don't know why Shazam I forget why Shazam joins him, but essentially like the way the game plays out in the comics is oh, and uh, Damian Wayne joins him too, mm-hmm. because he never felt loved by Bruce because he was always about Dick Grayson, but Damian Wayne joins him as Nightwing because and there's a sequence in where. Um, they start. He starts breaking villains out of prison to kill them. Uh, Superman does. Nightwing goes to stop, and Damien pushes him, and he falls and like breaks his neck and dies. So like all the fighting ends, and it's this one this crazy scene of like Batman walking out with like Nightwing's dead body, and everyone's kind of like all like you see like Mister Freeze and Two Face, they're all like bowing their heads and like out of respect. And Damien's like, "Well, I'm your son," and he goes, "No, I had a son. Dick Grayson was my son." So basically, he tells like Damien to fuck off. So Damien goes and basically makes Superman's my daddy now, kind of thing. So it's Batman leading a resistance, and he the Green Arrow's dead, all this stuff. So he gets a different timeline's Green Arrow and all that stuff to come back to basically because he's got this box that he needs um, members of the Justice League to unlock because it's so that's what it is. Is it basically it's them fighting against. Oh, Aquaman joins the, the Superman's regime too. So it's essentially like all of these her- these heroes. See, do all this shit yeah. with it. It's yeah. all different. Like, I mean, I get it. Marvel has like a very clean palette of how they do things. Yeah, just do wild shit like that. Yeah, I, see, I was salivating at the mouth. You talking about all yeah. that? Like, and, that, and that's what it. that's what you see in this nightmare sequence where it's like you know, Deathstroke's with him. Uh, you have like you know, I mentioned like Deadshot goes with like you know Batman, and like yeah. there's these villains that are united because of like how Superman is. Yeah. So. God, I hope we get something like... If we get a movie like that... Yeah. Big screen in the future... Like, I'm all in and it's going to make a shit ton. Absolutely. Because this movie's just building up good rapport and... Uh, I can't tell you, like... I'm, I I can't wait to see it again. Like, there's so much stuff in there. Like, isn't... Real quickly... And uh, the whole rating thing. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, 
Oh, like the R rating? Like that didn't? Yeah. Like yeah, there was some stuff in there. Like okay, that's why it got an R rating. There's, well, that's the thing is you have to. What is it? You're only allowed one f bomb in a PG in, right, to make right. a PG thirteen, and there was like two or three in this one. So art off of that, that would have been R. By the way, the when Batman drops the f bomb, oh it's, yeah, it's so like genuine though. Like oh it, it's god, so, it doesn't feel forced. Or like Cyber's like fuck the world, like yeah. okay, cool, whatever. But yeah. like Batman says, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." Oh, the way he, it's the way you deliver. No, it. It's the way Ben Affleck yeah, delivers that line. Yeah. It's oh, not Batman yeah. saying the line. The way Ben Affleck, the the actor. That's why I tell people, like, oh, Ben Affleck was, you know, people are like, oh, Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo, or Ben yeah. Affleck, Ben Affleck like sucked his Daredevil. I was like, go watch Gone Girl, go watch like the, the accountant. accountant, go watch the movies that even that Live by Night, the one that he had where he was like yes. a, a prohibition gangster. Go watch those movies where Ben Affleck invests in the character, and then watch him play Batman, and you see so much more. Because you see how serious he takes that role and how he embodies the characters. Mm-hmm. Watch, was it The Way Back? Yes. Yeah, watch these movies. Watch him be an actor. And then you can see when he, and then that's what you get hyped at when you when you watch him deliver that line. Like, I will fucking kill you. Like, ah. <laughs> and you even see the Joker, like, he's he starts like, shaking. Uh, you had me. <laughs> you almost got me. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. You need me, Bruce. Who's going to give you a reach around? I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> I even like uh, Dutch House. Like, why'd you break? Yeah. Is that a good like, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Just good stuff all around. Affleck, man. Just. He's rel- He's always been super good to me. Like, I, I always want the best for this guy. And if he can come back and have a second go around as yeah. Batman, I'm all for it. I wasn't at first, but I was swayed. And opinions can change, folks. And this this movie won me over. And, and- then I have like his Batman. I'm back in. Yeah, and I and I want to you know I don't want people to think to listen to this they're like oh Tyler like he's very you know one sided when it comes to stuff, but I like new things like you said I'm open to things. Mara in the comics was a different like kind of similar to her story in the Aquaman movie. I know you haven't really seen it yet, mm-hmm. but she was originally like supposed to be an assassin to kill Aquaman, and she ends up falling in love with him. In this story, in the, in the Snyder cut, her parents are dead, and then Aquaman's mom raises her. It's not comic accurate. I'm up for it. It works. She's got a British accent. That's weird. But it kind of works. Like, it's interesting. You know, Amber Heard, whatever her personal life is, let's not Mm -hmm. talk about that. But Mm -hmm. she's a a Texas girl. She's from Austin. And here she is over there like, hello, I'm from from (laughs) under the water. And you're like, what is this? But it's cool. Yeah. So. I love it. Love it. Good stuff. Um, Any other final thoughts on this? Uh, How happy are you that we got this cut? I'm so happy. Um, you know, like I've said it before on uh, your previous podcast, we've talked about it. I'm, it's a win for art. You know, it, Zack Snyder finally, he got to show his art to the world. And I mean, if you look at his movies <laughs> again, like I had someone laugh. They're like, oh, they're talking about the slow motion scene. Like Zack Snyder does too much. Like he's slow motion. I was like, have you seen 300? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Like that movie like could be like 20 minutes long without all the, the, the slow motion, that thing. But he got he got his art. I mean, he got what other directors get, and it was very unfair for the way that they did to him. Why do you think studios don't learn from this? Like, you see when they give directors creative freedom, and you see the way audiences respond. Not on, not only just critically, but you know financially. Finan- yeah, you're right. Like you know, you saw what Nolan did with The Dark Knight. You yeah. see what Tarantino's done, and you know, all these other different directors. Like, why, I don't. See but their I, insistence yeah. on always trying to interfere. But I will say, like, you, and you get people, I think, that, and, you know, I don't want to get into it because I'm not 100% 
like as far as the the background on this but you know like robert robert rodriguez he has his own film studio like mm-hmm. troublemaker studios because i guess he i want to say felt kind of the same way where he would kind of get you know not creative freedom so he's like fuck it i'll do it myself and yeah. made his own studio so it sucks that some directors have to go that route and basically like self-produce self-make these things because they they can't trust the studios to treat them right I, I just know if I was a studio head, and I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan, but if he came to me like, hey, yeah. this is what I'm envisioning for for a team-up yeah. for our side of things with DC, I'd be like, okay, cool. Here's the money. Everybody right. else, stay the fuck out of the yeah. way. Like, what, however long it is or whatever it is, we'll figure that out in the end, and, but just let them do it. And it's something, too, that not many people I have noticed haven't talked about it, but you go back to fandom when they were talking about, um, like I guess, like, the, the DC cinematic universe and they had uh, Walter Hameda or whatever his name is the president of Warner Films mm-hmm. and he was talking how excited he was for Zack Snyder's cut but then yet all of this stuff comes out about like how uh, Ray Fisher was you know shit on and all this stuff was like swept under like by him Walter himself mm-hmm. and it's like you literally lied to everybody's face on fandom saying like how like oh I support Zack Snyder and everything like this but mm-hmm. yet like now when you have one of like the main stars and other people around there accusing you of being like an, an enabler yeah. like damn bro that's not a good look no so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens but uh I'm glad we got to experience this uh I'm glad my mind was changed yeah, I it's nothing but uh, positive things about this 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 movie. Um, other than wanting to see it on the big screen, maybe I'll do a. Are they going to release this as a? I heard they a are. physical disc. I heard they supposed I would, to. I will buy this. Yeah, I, I heard they were supposed to like sometime next month or in May. Okay, cool. Because I I will buy that if it's released on a 4K. Even though I mean, I'll, the film presentation is going to have the sidebars. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that. But that'll look good uh, on my TV as a as a four 4K disc. Right. And I uh, would love to see it on the big screen one day. And I hope to see future uh, versions of this storytelling world that they've yeah. brought to us. You know, I'm give, like I've said it before, give me all the Batman, give me Robert Pattinson, give me Bale, give me everything. But I just, I really like what they've done and I really want to see this continue. Yeah. You know, whether it's the same story Zach said before or he's changed it or even just get solo films from here on out. I just give me more of these these characters that have already been established and what what the worlds that they live in. All right, I think this is a good way to end it. Absolutely, uh, appreciate you, buddy. Uh, we've been talking about this one for a long time. Yeah, but, uh, I like to fulfill my promises. We said we were going to do this. Yeah, uh, originally it would have been an, uh, a mini episode if yeah. we had done a mini series. Right, but we get to talk all about it in one setting. And I like that we've had our own arc. Here. For sure. Yeah, you know, we know we started I think on our first podcast together. We mentioned Snyder Cut and, yeah. and then here we are, like it's there. So we've developed yeah. and we've <laughs> where, where do we go from now? Yeah, What's right. The, what when, do we do? When, when do we meet up next? When's yeah. the when's the next time Tyler and Palace will show up? Right. Uh Suicide Squad's coming in That's uh, true. what is it, June or July? Yeah. So maybe we'll get together for that. Or, Absolutely. Um I know you, you and I always keep in touch and uh you know, I always appreciate your your opinions and your yeah. takes on stuff. Uh we can have these conversations. I joke a lot and I troll a lot. You, you're one of the smart ones that catches it, which I, I don't see how anybody else hasn't yet. Right. But uh, again, I'll retire the day that nobody responds. So, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And um, Affleck, again, if you're listening, come back, buddy. Like I'm going to support you a thousand percent. 
you left me with a bad taste in my mouth in 2017, but that wasn't your fault. There's a lot of factors. I know that now. But you're 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 a great Batman. Please come back. Same. So. Affleck, you know, I'm sorry I, I yelled at you at that one Comic-Con. It was kind of awkward, but... <laughs> I'm still so jealous of you you got to meet him. I wanted Twice. to go to that con so bad. Twice. God bless. Um, come back again if we ever do those those cons, Affleck. Uh, I will be at the next one, I promise. Uh, but yeah, thanks, thanks, Tyler. Appreciate you, buddy. And uh, we'll talk to you soon down the road. Right? Hell yeah, man. Thank you, buddy. Can't wait. All right, folks, we've done it. We've seen and talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League at length. Although not as long as the movie, this is about a little over two hours that we're at right now, so not as long as the actual movie itself, but I believe a good, fun conversation. So again, much thanks to Tyler Bishop for joining me on this journey. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I'll be back later in the week as I bring back my buddies, Abraham Trevino and Jake Ramirez. We're going to get ready to talk NFL free agency. A lot of news has happened in the last couple of weeks regarding that. As we move closer to the NFL draft, which me and Abe are going to cover, uh, probably in a live special or some sort, we'll at least, or we'll at least do a post pod after round one of the NFL draft. We'll get something in the works going, but we'll be back later this week to talk NFL free agency, and uh, we'll see we'll see what else cooks up during the week. We'll see what happens. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldiers off and running, not off to the best start for me, but you know that that's my own personal preference. But we'll see what happens. But we'll, we'll catch you later on in the week with Abe and Jake and see what's up in the NFL. Till then, God bless you. We'll see you next time.